to introduce the fact that we're live. Oh, we're live. <laughs> oh. We are live. Thank you for joining yeah. the Oh, We're Live show. That is the end of the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, and then when we stop going live, is the show over? That's it. <laughs> What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're watching the Colts Pop podcast, which is a new amalgamation of the previous Spoiler Alert podcast and also the Gutter Talk podcast. We've smooshed them together like a delicious s'more dripping with uh, marshmallow and chocolate and a little bit of something extra. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is... Oh, Brian. Brian Lee. <laughs> I didn't mean to surprise you. We're You're going to look for the cues. Wait, yeah. oh, we're, we're live? <laughs> we're live. <laughs> but that wasn't a run-through of like me practicing the intro. Also <laughs> with me this week is... Uh, Noel, I'm here as well. Uh, Len is supposed to be joining us. We have not heard from him. I'm wondering if he is still asleep. We will find out. If he if he joins us, fantastic. If not, the show will be terrible without him. Uh, so we're going to talk about the books from this week, just a smattering, a sprinkling, a skosh of books from this week. And then we're going to do a book club review of a requested book called Atomic Robo. And then to... Mm, uh, as the dessert, we're going to have a Gutter Talk episode where we talk about San Diego Comic-Con at home. Are you ready to get started? We're going to start with some letters. We got letters? Letters? Yeah. Oh, we got lots, got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> the best one yet. Oh, you know what? Actually, this we have one from Anthony Drago. Thank you so much, Anthony, for writing us in. Uh, but this particular email directly ties into next week's gutter talk segment where we will be discussing sexism in the comic book industry. This is a Warren Ellis question uh, and mm. separating the art from the artist. So we're going to put this on hold and we will talk about this next week. Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight wrote us in 37 minutes ago and he says, hey guys, <laughs> here's the thing. I've recently gotten a decent paying job and can afford the finer things in life, like first printings of comics I love and Wizard Magazine exclusive figures, or maybe it was Toy Fair. And while I could get these things off Evil Bay, I'd much rather get them from my local comic shop guy. The problem is he isn't sure he has them in his warehouse and is taking his sweet-ass time looking for him. He had some vandals a few weeks ago during the shutdown, but I asked him about them right before it happened, thinking that if I couldn't get my regular books, I could at least support him that way. But like I said, he is taking a while, and I want them now. Hmm. Do I just go with Evil Bay since he doesn't seem to be in any hurry to take my money? Chris St. Saucy, good night. Dude, thank you so much for knowing that comic book retailers and small shops need your business right now, and then finding something that you weren't to spend your money on is awesome. And then reaching out to him, awesome. Um, the stuff that you described is not stuff that's time-sensitive. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, like, I mean, give, give him a little bit of, like, if, if it was, like, a time-sensitive... Uh, book that came out this week you don't want it spoiled everyone's talking about it oh my god just get it wherever you can these are 25 year old action figures you yeah. just like the, the toy fair wizard ones i mean if they haven't flown off the ebay shelves they won't this week while you give them an extra day or two at least that's what i think to to respond 
No, I know that you really, really want them. It's just, it, it might, you know, yeah, just a little bit more patience. Especially, thank, thank you, No, That is exactly my answer. So I'm not going to reiterate that. But especially since you know he was looted recently. And he has more oh, yeah, on his mind. About that. He has more on his mind than getting to the storage unit or the warehouse to find these figures that are 25 years old because you decided you wanted them now. Oh yeah. Also, too, he needs your money more than ever, likely. Yeah. So be extra patient with him because that's yeah. that's super cool. That's yes. Yeah. Brian, do you have an opinion? I do, and I totally agree with what you guys are saying. But you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't get the figures. Put your money in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and feed for him because he didn't deserve your dollars. <laughs> uh, no, I my understanding of the of the letter was that he had asked a while ago. Now, even that being said, I still agree with you guys, um, especially in this time. Like, there's. There's stuff going on, you know, he had some problems, and it's great to to stick with him. At the same time, I totally understand you're just like, once you want something, you're like, ah, it's been like months, and I want it. But if you could hold off, I'm sure that he would appreciate it. Um, and he has also, we've heard of his dealings with this comic cup before, and sometimes it seems like he doesn't necessarily get the things that he asks for. Um uh, he's in there. Yeah, he's here. I want like a direct question: Is he has he has the retailer ghosted you? When was the last time he talked to you? Like, if it was only a day or two, and you're just a little impatient, that's different. But if he hasn't responded in two weeks and three emails, then all right, maybe he's not. He's not doing great. Now, I would still give him. I would still give him another call. Whatever you do, say like, "Hey, man, just wanted to check in. Have you heard any updates on this?" And then if you are going to go and get it somewhere else, I would at the very least give him one more chance to say, hey, hang on a second, yeah. going through some stuff. That, but that's an, excellent, that's yeah. an excellent point. How about, yeah, hey, give him a call. Listen, um, I really want to give you the money, but uh, I don't know if you're going to get around to it. If you're going to get around to it, great. But uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll just look elsewhere. You know, yeah, because I can't. I'd like. I can't wait. I, well, I, I I need to get this before it's gone. I have an opportunity. Yeah. I'd really like to give you money, but if you can't or you don't have time, that's fine. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it makes like a, a not like a the threat. Air. Not like right. a threat. Just a heads up. Like, hey, man, I understand yeah. you're real busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because he may not have them, I think was part of it too. Like he's checking to see if he has them. I might. I might be wrong about that part, yeah. but. Yeah, <laughs> He says, it's not time sensitive, but prices on eBay change all the time. Items disappear sure. completely. Max sure. says, good morning. Joel yeah. says, good morning, everyone. Hope you all are doing wonderful. Uh, Chris says, he says, he said there wasn't any looting, just vandalism on the front of the warehouse. I mean, that still sucks. Um, yeah. Which apparently is connected to the office building he owns. Huh. So, yeah, I think I think a heads up, like, hey, man, I want to give you the money, but um, just let me know if you don't have time to get around to it. I completely understand. Yeah. Is this a big retailer? What state is Chris in? Um, I don't think so. I think like it's Mile High or something, where it's just a big old warehouse and they only do back issues and, and collectibles. I don't and, think he does, um, if I'm remembering, if, if I have the story straight, I don't think he does comics mainly. He's got like a hobby shop or something else, but he hasn't. He barely does comics. That's just one of the retailers that uh, St. Saucy goes to. Like he has mentioned, there's yeah. more than one. Like there's some that are just shops that he on yeah. and off for the past 15 years. And then there's the hobby shop that just does direct orders only. Like right. he's, a, he's a storied shopper. 
Indeed. Indeed. Um, um, so thank you so much, Christopher St. Saucy. Good night for writing us in. Anthony Drago, we'll get to you next time. And then Home Dad Abroad had written me in, but it really was just because uh, in the stream, so besides this YouTube that you are currently enjoying and or this Facebook Live, whatever you're, whatever you're on, um, I take the the show and I download the audio and then I make an audio podcast out of it. I do mild editing and I throw it up on the uh, the podcast stream, Colts Pop podcast stream on iTunes and Stitcher and all that other sort of stuff. And uh, I forgot that I didn't do issue 700, uh. but I put up 701. So the one with me and you, Brian, was 700. Yeah. And I kind of, I was already like mostly done editing 701 before I realized, ah, snap, I never did 700. So in the feed, it goes 699, 701. And then uh, Home Dad Abroad was personally offended that uh, I guess the email with his letter in it was not on the uh, of course yet. Yeah, yeah I like the idea that it was it was a it was a one-time live only super special yeah. episode yeah. that yeah yeah that, I mean it will be available later yeah it was the chrome edition three or four weeks yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah it was 97, the chrome- 97 Rob Liefeld covers this is a chromium edition that had to go to the printers, so we're going to come out with the other book first and make sure that this one... Yeah, it's about a frog that is a cyborg. Whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, Christopher. Hey, I'm in Indiana. <laughs> Chris says, I'm in Indiana, but he bought his shop from a chain and then moved it a few years later after the lease was up. Mm. And uh, oh, Anthony says, so you do read the emails ahead of time. Well, yes, if you catch me on the toilet, if the email comes in, uh, and I have literally nothing else to do. I will browse it. There's no, there's no uniform process for nope. how the information starts before the show. I have ADHD. I make no promises about anything. <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, that's not how that works. No. Uh, the shop is like half the size of a Barnes and Noble or twice the size of a hot. I like he gave us two measurements. It's either. Half the size of a Barnes and Noble, or twice the size of a Hot Topic. Wait, does that mean I can fit four Hot Topics in the One Barnes- average Barnes and Noble? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is we that can- with or without a cafe? Yeah. I like, to me- I like to measure everything in Vespas. I, I mean, the <laughs> seven thousand Vespas yeah. equals one Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to Batman number ninety-five. Uh, the Joker War has begun. Ooh. Oh, wait. Are we, no, we already did. Okay, so I was about to ask about Batgirl, but Noel and I did an advanced thunder round. Thunder round. Uh, of both Batman 95 and the Batgirl from this week. So if you want to know what we thought about the Batgirl, uh, go check that out on the YouTube channel. So um, basically we have the Joker War has begun here. After Tom King left, we had a smattering of issues from, was it Tinian, right? Yes, yes. Uh, James yeah. Tinian the fourth. Uh, Thank you. From 86 on. Yeah. yeah. And that has been leading us up to the Joker War. There's been a couple of other tie-in issues with like Nightwing number 70, number 71, etc. But here we are, part one of the Joker War. And it is by uh, James Tinian IV and Jorge Jimenez. It was always going to come to this. The Clown Prince of Crime and the Dark Knight Detective go head to head for the last time. The Joker has never wanted to win before. He's never wanted his battle with Batman to end. But now his motivation has shifted. He has decided that one way or another, this will be the final chapter to their story. Joker War begins here. My problem with this is that, no, it no, it won't. It won't end here. It will never I, end. I was going to say, this is the first time I've heard. Is this the last time that they're... Hey! Hey! 
Hi, buddy. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And so, yeah, the thing I was about to say is that the problem with the Joker and the Batman, and anytime a Joker story comes up, it it it, it feels like it it's it has no teeth for me. It's it's all about like what sort of damage is the Joker going to do that's not going to be uh, immediately fixed within a year? You know what I mean? Um, back during the death of the family, I guess. What is that when they cut off Alfred's hand? Yeah, yeah, that didn't stick. Um, it fixed when he died. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, um, we'll come back soon. Batman well, and the Joker both died, and then they were brought yeah. back by some crazy metal, I guess. Um, so it's really about how well crafted is the story within this that you know whether or not the repercussions last. Um, why is everyone cackling? <laughs> Glenn has hey, a real look, shirt on today. Glenn has a real shirt on today. Good work, Glenn. <laughs> what? What I do? Apparently, you have a real Chris, shirt the, on today. In the comments, Chris, Christopher St. Sassy. Oh. Hey, look, <laughs> Glenn has a shirt on today. <laughs> he, was wearing a he was wearing a tank top at one point, I think. Uh, yeah, it's, I it was funny. It, it's a non sequitur. It's funny. It cool. It I also funny. think uh, Len refers to where he is at the Batcave all the time. And in this issue, there's like mini bat caves in the Wayne Tower and Len's in a different spot than he usually is. I think just to relate to that part of this one issue. He was system, a system of, of bat trouble caves. Yes. <laughs> oh, if only that was it. <clears throat> Judy, my apologies. We're, we're back. What, did yeah. I do something? What? 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 No one I did. I'm something. waiting for literally anyone to talk about the book. Uh, I talked about it earlier this week. I actually thought that this was a fun issue, but because the 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 last arcs reveal uh, with the designer and stuff, the the um, mm. uh, all of those like new characters that were being introduced, and it was kind of nifty. It was it was interesting, at least, it was, especially when the art changed. Do but, you want to spoil that? No, I'm not going to spoil it. Well, all I'm all, it's just that all of that was revealed to be just a preamble or setup for this yeah. and that this first issue this first like jump off issue was it read pretty weak because it was 10 issues of a lead up and then this it's like it's like the first issue of an event is like uh, um i mean i guess that's cool like empire? it was exactly how empire happened yeah, yeah. like yeah. it was a, it was um instead of it um because they're leading into these events so much longer now the what should feel like being shot out of a cannon just feels like a sparkler now, yeah. um, which is what this felt like. There was nothing wrong with it. The art was gorgeous. Um, there was a couple of really good beats. Uh, I like what they're doing with with Bruce. They're literally taking everything away from him, which is pretty cool. Because before, like you said, it was just like take a family member, kidnap this person, remove a hand. But now it's just like, no, we're going to take his money. We're going to take literally all of his assets and close the world around him, which I thought was pretty cool. But it was just, it just felt like a, another zero issue. <laughs> it was just like, all right, cool. Wake me up when something big happens. Uh, that is an interesting, you know, come to think of it, I can't think of a single time that that's been done with Batman other than The Dark Knight Rises, right? In the movie. In the movies? That was my immediate thought was The Dark Knight Rises, which automatically puts a bad taste in my mouth because I hate that movie. Um, but I could see it like that. That storyline, even because you didn't get justice to it in that movie, 
it, maybe in a, in a comic story. You know what I mean? Could be interesting. As long as he gets his money back at some point. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'll tell you, I found the thesis of this story to be a little unusual. And maybe it's because I didn't read the lead up. But could the, the Joker involve himself in a corporate takeover of, you know, like... Who is, I, who is he signing those papers? Who is like, all right, now you're in charge of Wayne Enterprises. Did that was that addressed? Okay. It is addressed. I, uh, there's a character uh, who was introduced a couple issues ago called the Underbroker, who essentially is a lawyer slash banker for the entirety of the underground, uh, or yeah, the, the underground in Gotham City. Yeah, he's the guy in the red suit, and then he puts the mask on. Um, the lead into this was um, uh, what's her name? Catwoman was trying to move funds. So like they figured out the Joker was trying to do this or was about to do this. Mm-hmm. So she, him on his end went to Wayne enterprises to try and stop it. And then she went to the underbroker to try and move her assets. I think to, okay. to like overbid or some craziness like that. And yeah. they betrayed her. So like the underbroker was in on it. And then in this issue, they, they kind of, make allusions to every time somebody breaks the story that the Joker is taking over Wayne Enterprises and is actually the owner now and blah, blah, blah. They'll pay off the the media. They'll bombard the reporters with lawsuits. They'll like, that's all been kind of in here about how they're trying to constantly misinform the yeah. public that this is happening. That yeah. sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that guy, the underbroker, he's like the, He's like the um, middle management supervillain that's kind of facilitating all of this happening. And he basically is just wearing the, the mask from Watchmen HBO, right? Yeah. I don't know if he's a new character or not, honestly. I've never heard of him before. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was something that was so willy-nilly introduced, I wasn't sure if it was yeah. if I should have known. Hey, Bat Tribble. Yo, what's up? What'd you think of this issue? <laughs> uh... The art on this book is amazing. It's yeah. beautiful artwork. I yeah. want so much more of it. It's good stuff. It's good timing. It's good storytelling. I just don't give a damn about this story. Like you said, it sounds like I, I had I had whiffs of the Dark Knight in my as I was reading it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we've been here before, um, and. Not only have we been here before as far as the story, but we also have been here before with Batman in a flashback lamenting about how many bodies he's letting the Joker rack up before he's got to solve this with his hands. I was like, how many times are you going to solve this with your goddamn hands and you don't solve a goddamn thing? Um, It just it. I think I would have enjoyed this if this was another character besides the Joker. I think I am definitely on Joker overload. I feel like the Joker comes back like once every two or three storylines. If and, and even then, even when he's not in the storyline, he's always in in the background. Um, I think I would have liked it if they took the underbroker and maybe just made if he's so smart to be the lawyer then he should have been so smart to, to do all of this, you know, on his own. You know what I mean? Or so I would have been fine with with him as the villain. I would have been fine. It was it's curious. It's funny. I just read a story where somebody was going back over the 1970s when Steve Englehart had brought 
Hugo Strange back into the comic book stories. Hugo Strange would have been a great character to be pulling this off, you yeah. know, as someone who at one time did discover Batman's secret identity and went to his grave with it. You know what I mean? That would have been great. Mm. Um, it's like I'm just on Joker overload, and I don't care how good he draws. This guy draws the Joker. I just can't find myself giving a fuck because at the end of the day, Batman ain't going to do but so much, but you know, triumph. But the Joker is going fuck. to essentially get the fuck away. Ooh. Oh, he said it twice. He's so mad. We're not being um, anymore. I I don't disagree oh, with you. Like, I, oh, I'm sorry. Apologize. I think you can say it once, right? On PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can say it once on PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Randy, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, Randy was in the other day, and uh, he was saying something that I agree with, but would never ever happen. It's up on the screen now. I told JD the other day this would end perfectly with the Joker dying for good. Period. Forever. Mm. Never. Never. No. 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 The Joker has had. All of his sidekicks tortured. He's killed one of his sidekicks. And he has uh, murdered half of Gotham. Yeah. And he hasn't died. So if Batman was to murder the Joker because, oh, my God, he stole my wallet, that would be (laughs) that would be be like so much like overkill. It'd be like, get the hell out of here. No, it will not happen. Jason, who? Where's the money? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was a good line. Oh, I mean, as as long as as long as I'm I'm down to I'm down to finish this this arc I, I like I, I just I want to know what they're 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 making allusions to such big moves and I truly doubt that however I do really like Tinian and I love Jorge Jimenez's art so I'm down to try it but as soon as they bring back that effing bat luge yeah. I'm out I'm dropping oh, it I want more bat luge. no no there was no point to that that's the dumbest vehicle <laughs> they ever batatized and I count the bat copper the bat surfboard the bat like the luge is the dumbest thing. This is not- the street luge is the dumbest thing. I, I would I would rather have bat roller skates. Did you guys watch uh Brit Batman Brave and the Bull? Yes. Uh like for a chunk. I am all of it. Yeah. And when they get into the whole like Batmite is trying to get them canceled and making making it uh like a bad show, they have the bat luge in there. That's <laughs> awesome. and let's go. I wonder well, if that were, was just a, right. a reference, like, you know, throwing something fun in there and seeing if he could Maybe. make it work. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and these are all problems. Or I'm sorry, what I'm talking about, and I think what Len is talking about are the same problems we have with mainstream superhero comic books, which is the cyclical nature, the resetting of everything. Nothing ever moves forward uh, for any um, extended period of time. And that's just something we come to expect and accept in our comic books, this is no different than literally any other superhero comic uh, doing the same thing. Um, And I am enjoying the story. I just, I, you know, I don't buy into the hype of like, this is the, you know, I was specifically referencing the the diamond thing where it says one way or another, this is the final chapter to their story. No, no, it's not. (laughs) Um, So don't, don't blow, don't blow that smoke up my skirt because I'm not buying it. Um, but I am enjoying the story as it unfolds. And certainly the art by Jorge Jimenez is just so delicious. What do you guys think of this new costume and the mystery behind it? Yeah, who made it? Ooh. Alfred would be my guess. 
<laughs> that would be my guess, but I don't you know, who knows? I know, I saw that there was a lot of hubbub, you know, one of those comic book news sites had posted up Batman's new costume and everyone flipped out about how terrible and ugly it was. And it was like, it's it's not his new costume. He's just, it's a mystery. I, right? He'll be in it. He'll be in it by the end of this arc. It's like Chekhov's uh, costume. You don't yeah. introduce it and not get in it. <laughs> the uh, Star Trek, the gold uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think of her? She's a person. Punchline. I like Harley Quinn where she's at now. And so it's nice to have mm -hmm. that instead. Yeah. That's how it's, I you know, it's basically like when Batman gets a new Joker. I'm exactly. sorry, uh, a new Robin, a new Robin. Yeah. Yeah, she's and and there's no there's no illusions that she's anything more than a, a homicidal sociopath. Like even her origin was just I just wanted to impress my favorite murderer. Like yeah. she's there's no there's no like tra tragic origin in there. Yeah, she's at least so far thing. like she's she's yeah. So it's like they want to yeah they don't want to um, humanize her at all, which is mm -hmm. cool, yeah. I guess. Like let's just make her a murderer. Yeah, but um, so uh, just real quick, I want to ask the Bat Tribble, um, what's the last Batman story you liked? The last Batman story I liked. Now let me ask you: Do you mean just a pure Batman story, or in the arc of his ongoing book? I think two. Yeah, the second, because it's okay. starting to be your motto that you don't give up. <laughs> I think the last the, the last Batman story I like I like Batman White Knight. I enjoyed oh. that a lot. I did. Oh. I enjoyed that a great deal. Um and I think the last wow, the last thing, the last Batman story that's like Batman Batman was uh ugh. um <laughs> probably uh, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> did you did you wait? Uh, did you like Court of Owls? Just that first ten issues of Snyder's run. I I didn't mind Court of Owls. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't was... like fall in love with it like everybody, hmm. but I didn't mind it. Um, I like I like Batman. What, what is it? Um, is it a Batman Adventures or Batman Universe? I was gonna say like Batman, Batman Universe. Universe. Oh. Yeah. I like I like Batman Universe. Okay. I like pretty much every story I've read in there. But like, and I know that technically is Batman, but it kind of is not Batman. So I don't know whether or not that counts. Yeah. Um, what about on my shelf for inspiration? The uh, Batman Superman. I mean, does that count for this or no? Did you? Did you know Nick Yeah, but like that's like two issues. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't like a run. It wasn't even a whole art. It was just like two issues of like yeah. cool. <laughs> for us, it's two issues of yeah. goodness. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. What about what about the the Superman Batman like the Superman Batman the old one the Loeb McGinnis one? That was kind of fun that for the first like years years issues. Hey. There was some there was some fun issues in there. There was especially yeah. the one where um trying to see like, um, Pacheco drew where they were fighting the elite the Legion of Supervillains and they like were all of a sudden like uh, killing everybody because it jumped into the future. There was some fun stuff there, um, but I mean, but mm. that's how many years ago. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We're, we're going back quite a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Um, let's move on to Empire number two. Uh, let's see. Where's my notes? Al Ewing, Dan Slott, with art by Valerio Sheedy. 
Three Avengers are trapped on the moon as war breaks out on Earth and an ancient enemy reveals a scheme decades in the making. Meanwhile, the FF fight against a creeping horror that might destroy them all, starting with the Thang. Captain Marvel is their last best hope, but if Carol Danvers survives, what will she become? Uh, so... Yeah, uh, Noel had sort of touched on this earlier, where because there were so many lead-ins into the book, yeah, the first issue felt a little bit like it kind of there was not a lot of pop. It was more fizzle. Um, mm -hmm. it was still good. I was still engaged and interested. Um, and things are ramping up here. Uh, I am enjoying this series as a whole, and I really like the scene with was that from this issue, the Thor scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, he, where he calls it out. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's the sound of my open hand. Yeah, <laughs> bruh. Yeah. I love his line. Also, the callback line where he's like, "No, I say the yay." Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> was like two pages yeah. of like, "Ooh, that's good Thor dialogue. Yeah, that's yeah. fun." Yeah, and it was funny too. Like the sound of my open hand. I know that in his context is the that's the sound of the hammer yeah. coming, yeah. but it almost sounded like that's the sound of my open hand. Slap. <laughs> 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 Uh, th this issue was rad. Um, yeah, it was and it was, it was even more rad reading the, um, tie-ins this week, uh, because the tie-in revealed, was it last week? The one that revealed, oh no, this week, this week's tie-ins, the Hulkling one. I know, I don't know if you guys got a chance to read it. It explicitly showed you one of these main characters that is not on the level. And that made more sense mm. with a bunch of some of the pieces of dialogue in here. Like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, it does. it does. I actually read it, too. I did read that because I, I, I read all the wrong books. So, yeah. yes, I did, I did read Wait, that. What issue? It was uh, the more Hulkling one. Oh, yeah. all right. So yeah, that's like, one? I mean, yeah, I think it's called The Lords of Empire and then it's Hulkling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that well, one. Yeah, by uh, Chip Zdarsky and Oliveira. I forget their artist's name. Dewey Manuel, Manuel Garcia, sorry. Yeah. Oh, do you, I mean, do you guys want me to tell you what you missed? I do, JD. I don't. Okay, all right. I don't read it. <laughs> sorry. I mean, well, I mean, JD, if it's, if it's any indication, you sent us a panel that was like, what? Oh. Earlier this week, and it was like, yeah, yeah, somebody's not being a good guy. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, don't tell yeah. me. Don't tell me. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. But it but it, it made it made this whole um turn with um not turn. It made this whole development with Captain Marvel kind of cool. Like she's the new accuser. Yeah. yeah. It goes deeper now, which is pretty rad. I'm actually interested to see how that turns out. Do they all have hammers though? Or is that just like Ronin's hammer? The other it's just Ronin's have they don't have hammers. I think they uh, don't. The other accusers just have their own kind of specialty weapon. Do like they? the hammer is Ronin's, but I feel okay. like there was like a mallet one and a like. Hmm. And there's not that many accusers, is there? I don't know. I don't know how many accusers there are. No. There's always two. Um, Christopher says, "Don't tell me that." I was just thinking maybe I could just get the main book and not the fifty million tie-ins. Now, Noel, Noel, did you read all the tie-ins this week? Uh, I read Emperor Hulkling and X Men. Okay, I read I only. I read Emperor Hulkling and I think that was wasn't there an Avengers tie-in too. I started that one, but I was like, no, I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, you, you were smart. Yeah, I read that too. <laughs> would you, Would you guys all agree that uh, the Emperor Hulkling is the one from this week besides Empire to read? 
in regards to the like the main thrust of this plot. Yeah, I'm it's thinking, like most important. Sure. I, um, other than that one like turn, huh? everything else that happened to it is just inside Freddy's head stuff that you got from all the other lead-ins, like how he said goodbye to Billy, um, the choice he had to make to lead them, and how hard it would be, and friends won't understand until it's over if I win. Like, it's really just character stuff. Is it integral to the plot? Because I'm sure that what was revealed there is going to be in the main book eventually. Right now, it's not. That's what I was going to say. I think it it definitely is a good read, but I think the main main bits of it, I think, are kind of like already in the main book. I mean, to be honest, I I can't speak about you, Noel, but the person that we learn about, I was always iffy about anyway. Um, So, so it, it, you really are just getting some validation of about, you know, what was creeping up the back of your neck anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I would have, I could have read the book, the main book without it and been mm-hmm. fine. And I do think that the main book itself is so much fun that yeah. you could just get lost in the story and let's just get washed with, I, I think it would be fine without buying, buying the tie-ins. Okay. This- this event feels like um, it feels a little bit like Siege, one of those events that's like mostly just fun, mm-hmm. not like we're gonna rip the world apart. Like right. it's just it's just like fun. I mean, I think War of the Realms is better so far, but this is kind of on par with like the we're not gonna destroy the whole universe and you don't have to read four thousand books. This is just really fun. Actually, the last couple of events have been like that. Absolute Carnage, you could have completely ignored, but if you didn't, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, War of the Realms, you could have completely ignored, but if you didn't, it was really fun. Like, I, I feel like that's what they're doing now, which is kind of a cool niche. Yeah, not everything has to be a crisis. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with everything you're saying. The reason I zoomed in on this is I still don't like the way Valerio Shidi draws uh, yeah. Fantastic for whatever reason. You know, I think that's kind of similar even to what you were talking about with Batman, JD. The, Can like, you go to the panel again? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recreate it. <laughs> the, like, they have to go head to head against the Joker. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, he's <laughs> awful. Just awful. No, we'll come up with a plan. <laughs> a sciencey one. Um, I think it's similar to what you're talking about with the Joker. Like these events, I see as being uh, kind of like, what if there was a Joker story where he's just going up against somebody, and it doesn't gonna, it's not gonna affect Batman's life at all. He just wants to stop the Joker from killing some other people. You know what I mean? the cyclical is this metaphor coming through whereas this you know like a big a big event is kind of like the joker going head to head with batman for the 19,000th time yeah, whereas yeah well at thing. least at least in this in this instance though at the very least they've um at least in this instance they've they've created at least a different paradigm when it comes to the Korean the scroll so the the Korean the scroll of oh, that's I, don't, I don't think it, it, they've never tried an alliance. It's always been some sort of battle between the middle of them and deciding who's a good and a bad guy at the moment, which is almost always the scrolls. Um, so at least that's slightly different. Now I don't think that I think that the main crux of this whole it thing is going to be that that alliance is shaky as shit and or it will not last. Yeah. Um, but at least it's a new conflict. Yeah. That's like a background, like a background thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to engage without without spo- without ruining the conversation, and uh, 
I heard it. I saw I saw you randomly muting each of our mics to see which one was giving the echo. And I was just like, mm, it's, it's not me, so I'm good. <laughs> but I think also, like, the crease new status or whatever, that's like a that's not everything you knew is wrong or we're changing the whole status. So that's like, you know, there's no crease scroll book out there. That kind of no, thing. No, no. Um, and I like that, you know, I think it's, it opens something, it changes something that's off to the side. That's very cool. Um, and it, it explores like, it's an interesting exploration. Uh, and yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah. I like, I like this, uh, Hulkling's sword. Oh, it's the same page. You got up already. Hey, there it is. Uh, yeah, that I, sword is so rad. It's an awesome sword, and it cuts through things without cutting through them, which I always thought was a cool. That's like a cool magic sword thing to do. You know? Yeah, it's the it's the space sword. You could literally cut through and in between atoms with it. It's almost like yeah. it knows what you want to hit, so you yeah. don't have to be good with it. I it guess. feels like it feels like if you're gonna have a magic sword, that's exactly what you want it to do: cut things. <laughs> there was there was a second half to that sentence. And no, no, I feel it's on Brian. Brian is like, you know, oh, let's do things. <laughs> like, yeah. Is is this a good time to go completely off script and just for two seconds talk about how cool X Men Empire was? You have a script. I've been making this up. <laughs> this book is rad as hell. Oh. And it has to do with like uh, reading the the tie-ins. Do they matter to the main book? No. But this is cool as hell. Like. Nice. Um, uh, they, it's, uh, here, you know what? I'll show you one. No, you know what? No, it's, it's dumb and awesome and fun. And it, uh, it starts with Scarlet Witch doing something she shouldn't have done. That's new. And that's, that's what ties into the X-Men books. The fact that they have talked about her and they, what was it in, in Hickman's where they, they refer to her as the, um, the imposter. Because she's not really an, uh, a, like yeah, that was in that was in one of the Hickman books. Right, like, right. You mean the imposter? Like no, we don't we don't right. kill. Blah, blah, blah. But the imposter does something terrible or ill advised, and then that comes to fisticuffs with the invading Katati army, huh. and it's just like, what the hell is happening? This is awesome. It's really right. cool. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that um, the other books are at least worth a read. Because I wasn't sure, you know, when I saw Lords of Empire, Emperor Hulkling on my order list, I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have I have decided to only attack these um, side stories and tie-ins merely based on the creative team. Yeah. I do not feel like I have to read all of it, but if I want to read Hickman's, Hickman right. and Teeny Howard write an X-Men story, I will buy that. Cool. If I want to see Chip Zdarsky what story he has to tell about Hulkling. I'll read that. But the Jim Zub Avengers one, I had no interest. The Dan Slott, uh, Fantastic Four. I was like, I don't really like this. I'm not going to pick up the next one. Like just go by what you feel guys. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, I will do that. Now that you have told me the other books are good, I will now read them. Uh, let's move on to Justice League Dark, number 26, by Ram V and Aman K. Nahopen. Nahopen. Aman K. Nahopen. I probably, I'm sorry for butchering your name. Uh, at last, Justice League Dark's mission reaches the moment fans have been waiting for. Their descent into the other place as a reborn swamp thing 
Wonder Woman, and Zatanna sharpen their swords and spells to battle the Upside Down Man. But Zatanna has more than just cards up her sleeve. The team discovers her burning secret, while Detective Chimp must come to terms with his own role within Team Dark. Uh, does, does all of that sound like what happened in the issue to you guys? It's a vague... So foggy retelling of what these are getting to be like, should we even read the diamond introductions that are about some other book that wasn't produced? <laughs> uh, so this is my, I think I read the first issue of justice league dark. Yeah. And then uh, this is the second issue I've read of justice league dark. We read that uh, annual remember where the, the parliament of flowers, it was really cool. There was that. Not me. You didn't read that one? Oh. Nope. Uh, I thought it was good, and I was like, I should read that, and then I never did. Read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, um, the Floronic Man one, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fine. That was art, I really liked the the art in it, and I, it plays in. I guess it still matters. You know, they're talking about the other parliaments, and Swamp Thing had some flowers on him, and I'm guessing he has, like, joined up. I don't know what other parliaments there are, but, you know. Yeah, that's, well, they mentioned that in this issue, the, the other parliaments, and I was like, there's other ones. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, well, if if it's any consolation, you said we were reviewing number twenty six, but the book says it's number twenty four. <laughs> so is it possible that we were reading the solicitation uh, for the wrong minute. issue? That's my bad. I wrote twenty six on there, oh. but then I I had it wrong and I bought the the solicitation from twenty four. That's the right solicitation. It's the wrong number. Oh. Okay. Well then. Notes. Notes bad. <laughs> Notes bad hard. <laughs> Um, I mean, but to be uh, fair, it kind of sounds like what's happened. I mean, the the, the book kind of like reads like it's all prelude to them about to go do something. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. find out that Zatanna's got, you know, she really wants to go and get her dad, you know, um, which this is the most that's ever been done with Zatara since, I don't know, ever in the comics anyway. <laughs> exactly, you know? <laughs> Uh, this art. So I mean, the first thing I noticed was the art style. I think is fantastic. This art is really tight. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. good art. It's good storytelling. Now, Christopher Saint Saucy says, "At least it's not Yannick Paquette." Are you insane? Yannick Paquette. Yeah. Paquette could yell. Yo, Yannick Paquette is a beast, dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, get that. I didn't. I didn't really care about this. Oh, okay, tell us why. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, about the book, I like Satana. Yeah, the story. Like, uh, yeah, I, I like Satana, but she's, you know, hard hitting, irrational Satana right now, mm. and I don't exactly know why. I had the, uh, this was just jumping in. Yeah. Um. Mm. Uh, something about John. Are they a couple? Have they been a couple now? They were. I know they were in the cartoons. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Um. The stuff with, the stuff with Diana felt a little off. Like, is she really? at a point where she's that doubtful about her leadership skills. Like she ruined all these people and can't lead them. I didn't know that that was going on right now. Um, I mean, that's what I gather from the storytelling. Yeah. yeah but it, it just, it, it felt off. I, I, it, meh. And then um, what really kind of felt weird was the swamp thing bit. like that felt like I'm going to insert this story point that doesn't feel like it belongs at all. And maybe it's been happening for the last like twenty two issues, I think but so. it just it felt like it didn't belong in this issue at all. Like two pages, one of uh, yeah, like um, 
uh, man bat steals a piece of of him and he's been testing it and we just get this like like dropped off a cliff reveal and then it goes away like it just it felt like a weird i think that's a function of us not having read the last that was my understanding was like detective chambers going around and checking in with everybody Mm -hmm. and so we're getting a little bit of something that was going on and will be going on yeah what we have here is the in-between issue like you know um you know captain marvel last week was the uh game night issue uh in between story arcs and this is every you know sort of checking up with where everyone is after the last story arc and uh sort of leading us into the next story arc right Brian? Yeah, and, and I, I didn't, I didn't super love that either. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke and say that it was the class, like a classic twenty fourth issue. <laughs> nice. Twenty four is a multiple of six. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that's what JD was gonna do. Actually. You are. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those classic in between issues, like a seventh issue. <laughs> but, but those are usually like more so to yeah. your example of Captain Marvel. Those are more so completely out of. Uh, what's happening in the main plot and it's like a come together or a game night or a baseball game or a like it's a completely side thing not reference literally sure. like and it's not just like making a comment like they're progressing the plot and it yeah. it was just I just wasn't super interested in it like the art's awesome there's nothing really wrong with it but I don't like this version of Satana hmm. and um, the upside down man I have no idea what he is I guess he's from way early, he was like the first arc of this yeah. book, right? I remember the imagery. He seems really cool. Running villain in this in this cool, series. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's just really just didn't really scratch an itch. Uh. Let me know if it gets better, or if let me know if it gets so amazing that you got to invest more time in this. But as of right now, it just didn't grab me. Fair enough, Len. Yeah, it's a book. I don't care about Justice League Dark. I don't. I don't. First of all, I hate the title. Like Justice League Dark, it does. This does not need to be the Justice League. Like I, I that really, I that just I, just rubs me the wrong way. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of all this Justice League. This West well, Coast Avengers. That all that to type be of stuff. Fair, I mean, that's just the marketing of the book. They don't call themselves JL Dark or anything, right? Like it's I just think they do. Oh, do they? I don't. I I, I haven't read that they do that. So I can't say that they do or can't say that they don't. I'm just saying just the fact that it is marketed under that, I just don't like it. But the book itself, it's it's it's, uh, it's like I think you know we haven't read them, so you're not super invested in these characters. I like Zatanna. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mind what they're doing with Zatanna. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. They're doing something with Wonder Woman. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll I'll ride with it. It doesn't maybe feel make sense that she doesn't know how to. She's doubting herself as a leader when she is shown as a badass leader in the Justice League. But there, she's leading a totally different gr- group of people—people people who yeah. are used to working with one another, people who yeah. are comfortable in their yeah. own skins and with their own yeah. powers. These are different different type of people that she has to learn how to relate to. So I I do kind of like buy that. So I'll ride with that. But at the end, and while I think the art is good, I don't think the art is like super amazing, especially now that someone has referenced Yannick Paquette. Now all I want to do is to see Yannick Paquette draw this. But, um, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's good enough, but it, Honestly, just made me long for I long for something more like Zatanna in her own book. 
Doctor Fate with the Justice Society. Um, that that's what it made me long for. Yeah, I I did look it up really. But it's cool seeing Detective Chimp. Yeah, it was great. When this when this premiered in New Fifty Two, Peter Milligan made a point to never call them Justice League Dark in the stories, but that's a rule that they've since broken in other books too. So like you know they're Dark Squad or you're this or you're that. Like so they do refer to them as like the Dark Team or the Magic Team. The the oh god. I mean, it's um, it's up to other writers though. Like, if they're referring to it in another book, like, oh, right. uh, Diana, you've been off with your dark team, like mm. shit, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher says, not a fan of Yana Paquette personally, and I don't understand why they keep giving him covers. Probably because literally everyone else involved in this conversation went, "You're insane. He's great." <laughs> <laughs> uh, personally, though, makes me think that maybe he cut you in line or something, or you yeah. had, a, you had a really bad experience, <laughs> yeah. with him, which I which I respect. That is fantastic, but I hate him. I respect. Yeah, like his art's great, but he <laughs> you know tripped me once. He's a dick. Like <laughs> I get tripped, that. That's actually tripped me that's once. Fair. I respect that. <laughs> um, it doesn't need to be the Justice League Dark. It should be Shadow Packs. But while I enjoyed it to begin with, I gave it up during COVID along with a bunch of other DC books. Um, yeah, if you called this book Shadow Packed, it wouldn't be selling. I think. I think that's true. No, yeah, that's... How do we get people to buy this book? We put the words yeah. Justice League on it, and then they go, "Oh, look, a Justice League book. Let me try it yeah. out." I think yeah. if Shadow Packed was on the shelves, people would people would skip right over it. Um, Absolutely. Understand. So the re- the reason I want it, I want to like a Justice League Dark book, and I'll tell you because it's I like John Constantine, I like Zatanna, and now starting like a month or two ago, I, I care about Swamp Thing. It's a mm. new thing for me. Mm. Um, so I came here for John Constantine and Swamp Thing for the most part. <laughs> I didn't get either of them <laughs> um, except for that one page that Noel mentioned. Um, because John has has left to go off, uh, I guess, do some drinking, and um, uh, yeah, this Zatanna. I understand she's this way because her father is being tortured in a hell dimension of some sort. So I get maybe yeah. she's not the most tickled uh, kind of character to be around. Um, so uh, I did enjoy this, but not as much as I want to enjoy a Justice League dark book. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's right up my alley. And for some reason, no matter, and I, I've dipped in a couple of times and it just doesn't grab me enough to keep me, which is a shame. Hmm. All right. We're Fair. running out of time. Daredevil number 21, Chip Zdarsky with Marco Cicchetto. Uh, Four weeks, Hell's Kitchen has been a lawless neighborhood thanks to the Stromwin siblings, siblings. But as the police are finally able to resume their patrols, they're quick to find that they aren't the only one interested in keeping the kitchen safe. Meanwhile, as Matt Murdock continues to struggle with how best to appease his sense of ju- <laughs> sense of justice, after the events of the past several weeks, a familiar enemy takes root in Hell's Kitchen. I haven't read, I don't think, a single issue of this run. Um, but uh, having a Mark Marco Cicchetto art style on this book was enough to get me to go, we should, we should check in. We should read this. So, um, Len, did you read this? No, I, I only like skimmed through it. So I didn't get a chance to read it. All right. No, uh, this was rad. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, somebody very recently asked me like, who my favorite character is in DC in Marvel. Hmm. Uh, and I wasn't able to answer the question yet. I looked at my shelf and I've got so much daredevil. I've got like four different Daredevil runs, but I've never considered him my favorite character. So I'm like, oh shit, maybe, maybe Daredevil is my favorite. Daredevil. So 
I love, uh, I have not been reading this run. So I, with an open mind, jumped into issue 21. A lot of people have been talking about it too. Mm-hmm. This was awesome. This was just super rad. And I will go back and read this. This, this. I didn't need to know every single detail about what happened in the last 20 issues because this as it stands was just a, a, a very fun and quick exploration of the character. They gave him an impossible decision, uh, no real way out. And then Foggy jumps in and gives some sort of solution. And now you've got this brand new conflict that seems really fun. I'm like, okay, this is nifty. Like how they keep coming up with new stories to tell with Daredevil. I, I have no idea how that's happening, but it's great. <laughs> Are they? Is that- I, I posit yeah. that they haven't. Um, <laughs> Wait. This, is, this is the same story that I read a couple years ago where, oh no, um, Daredevil has to go. He goes to jail. Yeah, we did oh, that. No, no, not Brian, that part. Let me finish. Tr- oh, sorry. Brian Michael Bendis and Ed Brubaker, they took him to jail. Yeah. He faced the consequences of his actions. Um, things went poorly for him, as things always do for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they wrapped that up. Oh, my God, everyone knows that Daredevil is is uh, Matt Murdock. How's he going to get out of this? They did. They put that genie back in the bottle. So now we're going, oh, Daredevil has consequences of his actions. He's going to turn himself in for murder. Uh, he has to reveal, uh, you know, un- unveil his identity to um, this prosecutor who he's worked for, and he had a bad reaction to it. Uh, this is again with the Joker war earlier. Typical yeah. storytelling. We just saw this. This doesn't feel fresh or new to me. That being said, I also really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have an issue with like they're telling new stories with Daredevil. They are. He's like Daredevil has never been on trial. The whole point of this was that they are putting the costume character on trial based off of the the Mark Wade introducing the idea that those in a costume can um, uh, be witnesses, yeah. uh, legal witnesses on trial. So they create this kind of scenario where if Matt Murdock goes to trial for Daredevil's crimes, even though they're the same person, everything he's done as a lawyer is gone. So they're they're using this loophole, legal loophole in the Marvel Universe to put just the costume on trial. That is new. And that was what was exciting to me. Not sure. Matt might go to jail. Like, yeah. I want to see a courtroom drama with this shit. I think that would be really, really cool. That's what got my, me excited. My problem with that is I don't buy that the legal system would let a person in a costume mm-hmm. come in and testify under oath as a person in a costume's name um it just feels like like a bridge too far of what the legal system would allow despite the legal system in real life being fucked up i mean if if uh i to me it's almost the same it's 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 an extrapolation of the same argument where allowing uh, somebody to wear a burqa on their legal id because that is their identity kind of a thing like those kinds of arguments the the idea that your your persona your identity is 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 your control your your choosing right so like everything from gender to face covering like it's part of your persona and then they created because of these people being in situations where they have to potentially have legal ramifications with their actions uh without having them reveal their identities like they could testify as a witness to a crime as their costume vigilante because they were a part of but again, that just leads me to 
a costume vigilante, which is against the law, right. going to testify <laughs> in a court. It's of been law. happening while we miss in this reality. It's been trial for you. In yes, this reality, right. it's been happening for the last 30, 40 years. So I assume yeah. it's been normalized as opposed to fucking creepy creeperton in an alley. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what happened. Like it's 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 fairly normalized in this world that there are costumed vigilantes that the cops just either kind of work with and or work around or against. Yeah. Yeah. That's Ron, the part that I thought was cool. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, so I haven't read anything that has come before this. Daredevil is not my favorite character. Like, he was always like a tier way down. But I'm like, all right, Daredevil's cool. You know, like I don't, I don't turn my nose up at a at a good Daredevil story, and I like him when he shows up in some cases. Um, so I didn't find myself that like that invested with what was happening, um, but I thought it was well told and well drawn. Also, like the, it looks great to look at his costume. I don't know if this is the first time we've seen, <laughs> but it kind of feels. No, I like it. No, oh yes, that took me a solid two minutes to figure out what the hell was going on with the, <laughs> the little like triangle in his yeah, pooper. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when he puts on the new costume, I, I thought that was awesome. And uh, with the wraps around the hand, mm-hmm. I also like how they portray his radar sense. I don't think I've ever seen it done quite like that. And I think it looks pretty cool. Doing it in red is nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I am not one that's usually drawn to these like what are the gritty real world legal ramifications of what would happen in this, you know, and now he's gotta tell himself what's up. And I did definitely found myself thinking like, didn't you just go to great lengths to show that you weren't Matt Murdock? And now so what now? Are you like, oh yeah, before I was lying about that, but my testimony is credible. But <laughs> don't yeah. Um all in all, though, good book. I liked it. I yeah. probably won't pick it up. I do kind of want to know what's up with the Iron Daredevil guy here. Yeah, Iron, Iron Man. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe Tony Stark will have something to say. Maybe that's just metaphoric and Tony Stark will have I, something to say. Yeah, I think it's metaphoric, but still yeah. it's cool. It's a cool yeah. design. It's yeah. a cool design, yeah. He looks more like a bull than a than a daredevil. Yeah, I could see that, or a Loki, even. Yeah, maybe it's Iron Bull. Iron Bull. <laughs> the I mean, one thing I will. Cows. The one thing I will say about Daredevil is, and uh, and I have a fair amount of Daredevil on my shelves as well, is that what I've always liked about him is that. There hardly ever, at least as far as I can tell, has been a reset with Daredevil. Like, he kind of, like, keeps... I mean, as far as, like, his storyline, his storyline, for the most part, keeps moving on. You know what I mean? Like, and and each uh, story provides some type of commentary on what happened before. Even Mark Wade's run on the book was very much a commentary on Bendis and Brubaker's run before it as well. Um, And yet it still felt like it was the same character. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even when I dipped in, in between there, when, oh, and I just drew my blank on who picked up the book there after that. It was Andy Diggle. 
And, and I read Shadowland. some issues of that, yeah. and and it was it, some of it di- didn't ring true to me, and, and I didn't enjoy. But I like that Daredevil was always kind of like progressing forward. But what that meant to JD's point is that sometimes he was going to be asked to do things, or things were going to happen in his book that might contradict what happened before. And usually, when that happened. It be spoken about. So him, you know, deciding to let himself be known to this, to the law and who he is, that's going to come to Brian's point. They're going to speak about that because he did just fight for like years to put the genie back in the bottle when he got out it before. You know, they're going to speak. That's what I have always enjoyed about Daredevil, which I don't I don't know if I can say that he's my favorite Marvel character either, but. Maybe that's like no, I've got evidence to the contrary yeah. that I'm yeah. just fooling myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's I like, probably a, it's have, like yeah, probably have more Daredevil yeah. than I have any other Marvel book. You yeah, know? it's like a weird constant battle between Daredevil, Captain America, and Spider Man. Just like the stacks just get bigger, the more things that I want to read of each one. Right. Daredevil's in the lead right now, and I had no idea it was happening until <laughs> I had to look. Yeah. <laughs> But to your point, the art on this is beautiful. Yeah. Is beautiful, and it starts with the cover. Like I would put that cover up on my wall. That's a poster, would, right? Yeah, yeah. Margot Chichetto is fantastic. Yeah, that is good. He did he did that Punisher run with Greg Rucka. Yeah, well, yeah, and he also did the the crossover that was like Daredevil, Punisher, and Spider Man, where they're all after yeah. that like little tablet yeah. thing. It's uh, it's a flash drive that looks like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's it's in the um, the whole crossover is in the Wade omnibus, oh. the first one. Wow. Um, yeah, I really like that Wade one too, that, uh, because you know it felt kind of like a reboot of the character because it was more back to his swashbuckling roots. They kept boy, if I that I, word I use that word over and over again, swashbuckling. <laughs> yeah. um, but I liked it with even within the confines of the story. Dared, you know, other people were like, Matt, you are right. Like, this doesn't, you're like, <laughs> right. clearly pushing things down. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, you're trying too hard, bro. Like, yeah, literally, the whole sure. first 20 issues was like, you're trying too hard, and we all see it. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought yeah. was cool. That's um, interesting. So that those are this week's books that we're talking about. Um, Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight had requested that we do Atomic Robo Volume 3. Uh, I'm sorry, Brian. Brian, you had your hand raised? I have a question for you. Is there such a thing as Patreon.com? Is that a website that exists that you can it, interact with? It's so funny that you would just like out of nowhere grab that. And it's actually, it's real. It's a real thing that you it's didn't have to Yeah. If you want to help out the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and help us out with some monies. Uh, we got, I think, three new patrons this month. Oh, very cool. So thank you so much to everybody. I uh, really appreciate it. If you want to help us out, like if, 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 if one of you, I don't know, for instance, finally got some money, you got a, like a better paying job and, and uh, maybe you're looking to like, spend your money on, on things that you really enjoy and that we bring to you, uh, you could always help out the Patreon that way. Thank you so much for asking, Brian. Oh, you're quite welcome. And yeah. thank you for answering. Yeah. Uh, Atomic Robo Volume 3. And the, the Shadow from Beyond Time by Brian Clevenger and Paul Enns, E-N-S. Uh, it is 1926 when H.P. Lovecraft comes calling to warn Atomic Robo of imminent doom. But the Shadow from Beyond Time escapes into the future. 
intersecting with our world through the 20th century. The future and history of the universe hangs in the balance as Atomic Robo teams up with uh, Atomic Robo in a last-ditch effort to protect reality itself. Oh, Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener. There we go. Paul. Sorry, yeah. that's script mess up number two. If anybody Damn else it, wants Paul. to do it, that's totally fine. <laughs> if people, if more people were uh, adding to the Patreon, Noel would do better. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's up. pretty, it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I keep wanting to make a joke about how we're reviewing a book specifically for the person that I was just alluding to. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you could just say it. it. Yeah. Like <laughs> this was a suggestion from Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. And uh, I believe in turn, all three of four of us went, why did he want us to review this one? The volume third three. volume. Yeah. <laughs> um, while, I, while I'm fiddling around, um, Len, did you read this? No, I didn't because I read all of the wrong books. <laughs> which, which book club book did you read? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? In the folder, there were two book club books. True. It's so, true. One called book club number one and one called book club number two. How would you make sense of Look. that? <laughs> Look, if you were counting down, one goes first. If you were counting up, one oh, the other one goes true. first. Just... <laughs> There's ways. Um, Anyone? Brian? I did, I did read it. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, uh, I did read it. I, I enjoyed it. I liked the art. Um, I like the uh, kind of kind of steampunk. I mean, I say kind of because he is called Atomic Robo. Mm -hmm. So he clearly is not steam-powered, unless it's a misnomer. But... Um, it's uh, it's that kind of like fun, light, engaging art, you know, not a lot of line work and just simple kind of stuff um, that I enjoy. Uh, I also, I felt JD and I were talking before the show. I felt like there were some things here that I didn't know, but I and JD also like we've been reading comics long enough that that is not a deal breaker. You know, that you're like, all right, this was from the previous arc, right? I don't necessarily have to read everything that came before any series. Um, I like his attitude. I like the fact that he teams up with these scientists. That's fun. And uh, I'm always a, I'm a sucker for uh, time non stories. Yeah, exactly. And everything, you know, exists at once and extrudes into, as they say in real in real science, right? If you were... A higher dimensional being you could pop in here and then over here and to us it would look like teleportation but not to you um and uh yeah i thought that was cool i thought that was awesome um and just like just like a like a fun book like a fun read um yeah yeah it's a good time I um agree. yeah yeah this if hellboy and the rocketeer had a baby yeah yeah it's this book um, oh, I thought a Hellboy too. While it, the while screen, that door is awesome. The door that has a smaller door in it. I think that's cool. The the Atomic <laughs> Robo character is very Hellboy in that it's a yeah. golem of sorts that has a incredibly nonchalant uh, uh, attitude about these yeah. otherworldly events happening to it, um, which is pure Hellboy. And this comes from the same era too of just mm. like treating these cosmic crazy. Mm. science things or, or interdimensional things like a plumber would 
would treat a clock. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what this is, which is really entertaining, except that it has the aesthetic of like the future via the 1930s, yeah. which makes me feel like, you know, uh, the Rocketeer. Uh, yeah. This, the first couple of pages, I was just like, this is slight. And then when it starts to get into the Cthulhu stuff, I was just like, okay. And then it skips ahead and you're like, well, what the fuck? They didn't yeah. resolve any of that. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, this is great. Yeah. This, yeah. this was, this was a really, really great trade. Um, I loved it. I, I, I genuinely loved it. Like, uh, and I especially love the, the creature design. Um, when the first, when the first Cthulhu shows up in the 1920s, 20s, 30s, 20s, 30s, 20s, 26, right. Something like that. Um, every time it gets bigger, the body of, of, uh, Lovecraft just kind of is flailing around its forehead. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. This is like, you kept seeing the little body. And that was almost like a visual indicator of how much bigger or smaller it's getting. I, I, this was fun. This was super fun. I flew through this. I thought it would, I, I'm going to be honest. I thought that this was going to be a struggle to read Hmm. and it was not like, it was just, it was just a fun breeze. Yeah. Nice. Um, I thought it was going to be a struggle to read. And then I was not disappointed um, in the fact that I was correct. Uh, I thought this was fine, uh, especially the first issue. I was just like, oh, oh no, I don't care about this at all. Um, so it wasn't until we got the, you know, time, the, the character, the, the, the cyclical. It was like issue three is when yeah. it kind of, like the first two is the one time frame and then it yeah. shoots ahead. So it's not until like issue three that you realize like, oh shit, oh. it's going to be like four time periods back and yeah. forth. Yeah. For sure. Um, that th- I think that there are some fun dialogue um, when it comes to Atomic Robo. Like, I'm going to commit some murders or something just because, like, someone's knocking at his door. Um, I like the way that Wegener draws Atomic Robo. Like, it's very expressive, you know, for a character that makes no expression whatsoever. The, yeah. body, uh, the body positioning and everything um, works to the benefit of, you know, giving you the emotional um, a sort of... Um, being of the character. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I felt it was okay. I'm glad, I'm glad Noel loved it. I don't feel a need to ever revisit it. Mm. Um, interesting tidbit. I had met with Scott Wegener oh. way, way back, way oh. back. Uh, we met at a convention and um, we were talking about me inking the book for him. Um, oh. And that sort of fell yeah. through. This um, book? Atomic Robo? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but it fell through. He doesn't need me. He's fine by himself. He does not need someone to come in and like, and I think that's what it was is like, I can either make all the money with Brian or I have to pay another inker. Um, So um, yeah, and he's doing just fine without me. This is, this is the art's great. Um, But yeah, as far as the, the character is like, well, this is Hellboy. Hmm. I also don't care about Hellboy. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, um, Chris's comments is pretty good. I felt like when I tried, when he tried Hellboy, now the two down. Well, this is one of my favorites. I like that it jumps through the timeline and ends with a time up. I thought you would love the HP Lovecraft plot. Uh, Uh, And I did. I liked that they were including real life characters. Yeah. What do you think about the computer? I, my understanding was that this creature was, created by that computer like that this creature was that computer but also i wasn't sure about that but i you know just like his sort of this computer is I, really evil kind of thing I, that was, that was funny. a good bit I, 
Yeah. I thought I, I, it's just an interdimensional being that is able to breach any time that those like mathematical mm. anomalies occur throughout makes- all of time. Yeah. But yeah. Like I, I didn't think that they origined it so much as sure. it would, yeah. it was always able to breach where these things occurred because it doesn't uh-huh. exist in a linear fashion. Hmm. Yeah. And that was the whole thing of like, we have no idea where it started or ended, so we just have to get it every single time. Right. And, and when at the same time, yeah. There, where he's like, yeah. well, there's nobody else here, so yeah, uh, the, the with us. You know? What is it? The the in this story, Atomic Robo is the constant that has to be aware of all of them in order to yeah stop that it. One that was one thing that we never. I never felt we got sufficient answer for why is the creature saying Robo. I guess it's just because Robo is involved in his destruction. But yeah, because like the creature doesn't more about that. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess so. Uh, yeah, the creature doesn't experience time linearly, so, like right. all at once. So it just always knows that this right. effing guy, right? This yeah. Robo character, four of them yeah. coming. You know, now, that's interesting. Also, does Tesla show up ever in this book? Is that like the running gag? No, I'm just curious. Like, is that the running gag that Tesla is always away and Robo is always like, no, everything's fine. You know, I got to deal with this, you know, that kind of deal. I, I, as much as I liked this, I don't, I don't really feel compelled to pick up trades or anything. Same. Like I, so yeah. I, and I have the same relationship with Hellboy. I, I read Hellboy for a good chunk of time on and off. I have a couple singles. I have the first library edition. I don't, feel the need to continue the story it's just always like jump in you're good that's yeah. a nice little concept and then yeah. you're out like nothing i feel like there's something wrong with me because i don't care about hellboy like i feel like hellboy is a beloved character and mm-hmm. i love the design of him i like the right hand of doom mm-hmm. i love uh, scott um, mike mignola's artwork and i also like for the majority of uh the stories the people he picks to take yeah. the art chores for him, like Duncan for delicious. Um, but I just, there's something about the character that I find repetitive and I have no emotional connector to that world for, for whatever reason. We should, I like, I know the comment, like the, the requests come from other people, Thank but I have always been interested in potentially reading the, the BPRD 1940 something, miniseries because it was art by Gabriel Ba Ooh. and it's just it's just um like 1945 or 1946 maybe Hellboy's a baby at the time but it's really just about the BPRD and a plot yeah I had to like, second that I've the concept is awesome yeah yeah I'd like to read I saw the movies and I really liked the Hellboy movies and I've especially the second one actually and uh me too I've always thought Hellboy was cool but I've never I think the Frankenstein thing that we read was the only thing that I've ever read in that universe for whatever reason, you know? Yeah, Frankenstein Unbound, I think it was called. Yeah. That was pretty good, too. Yeah. I, like, um, there's so there's a, there's a so much Hellboy content that it's hard to just be like, yeah, read it all. It's well, also incredibly the, impenetrable. Right? It's like, yeah. where, where, like, you can... You it's impenetrable. Know, there's no indicator of where to start or how to continue nope. the stories. They have the Dark Horse has explicitly decided to make all of it all miniseries based, so you have no idea where the entry point is for the most part. So, like Hellboy is like, oh, this is just this story arc, and it's like an OGN. However, it's the sixth volume and an ongoing story, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, it's impenetrable. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's funny because I, I know that they're doing that so that people don't see the volume nine on the cover and go, well, I can't buy this one. I got to buy the first one. So they make it a bunch of miniseries. But you do got to buy the first one. Like, yeah. jumping into volume nine, whether or not the nine is on the cover, is still going to be confusing as hell. Right. Yeah. Uh, Christopher says, uh, there is a few great standalone stories with him going up against his nemesis, Dr. Dinosaur, mm. and one or two where he goes up against Stephen Hawking. That's mm. kind of neat. Yeah. Interesting. And Tesla is around a, a bit, but not a lot. All right. It's a cute book. Yeah. 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 It's cute. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's fun to read. The audience has some, you know, like we're talking about Hellboy. If anybody has specifically a Hellboy, like there's that BPRD, or if there's some other, if you guys are open to yeah. somebody who's read I, it, knows. And the, like hell, the start of Hellboy is a little weird too, because like those, yeah. that first arc, I think, is written by John Byrne with art by Mignola. And then uh, Mignola starts to write and draw himself. Really? Yeah. Oh, and I then know. he starts to write and Byrne, draw himself. Byrne, Byrne, Byrne doesn't write it, Byrne, Byrne scripts it. Mignola okay. didn't feel comfortable enough with doing okay. the dialogue. So Byrne did the dialogue for him. And then after after that first story, Mignola's like, yeah, yeah, I, can do I think I can do yeah. as good as you. Yeah. I think I can write Hellboy singing, damn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And crap. It's like, it's always crap. crap. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a cute concept. It's a, And honestly, too, the, the, the joy of all the Hellboy that I have re read and liked was always the cast around him. Oh, okay. How people react yeah. to so it's never really about Hellboy himself is not very compelling whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He's just a cool concept that walks and says and curses. Okay. It's always how people react to him and the things that he's asked to do and like that whole thing around him that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, BBRD so, would be great. Thank you so much, Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night. I'm glad we I'm glad we dipped in. I've always been kind of curious about it, and um, I'm glad I got a chance to sit and read it. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, I, do we remember what the next book club is going to be? I believe it's Lucifer. Lucifer volume ah. Yeah, it says so in the in the drop box. It says Luther, Lucifer. Uh, Len, what did you think about Lucifer volume one? Since you read it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't read it. He's full of shit. He didn't read it. Um, I didn't um, read that one. I, I got to go, though. I know I turned up late and then I've got to go, but I have to, I have to go um, early. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I was about to throw oh, it to oh, you to intro the Gutter Talk podcast, but all right. <laughs> I know. So enjoy these guys doing a little Gutter Talk just for you. Hey, let's, uh, wait, real quick. If you have a minute before you go, there's one talk about this that I think you specifically would have. The Did you see the Star Trek news about the Nickelodeon show? Sounds really cool from SDC's team. Yeah. And, oh, uh, the, be, be, below decks? No. no um, the, Prodigy. Yeah, it's got a cool logo, and it's it's like for a Nickelodeon Star Trek show. It's a, a group of teenagers find a derelict ship, and they go out to have adventures in in that world. And what a good way to do a teenager based show in the Star Trek universe, you know? Yeah, that sounds uh, cool. Yeah, that them smart. just having being Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, huh. that's cool. Yeah. That, that that sounds cool. I'm, yeah. with it. I'm with it. Right? I was I was like, oh, this is, I'll watch that. I'll check it out. You know? Yeah. 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 Best case scenario, it'll be like Rebels. Uh, worst yeah. case scenario, it'll be, I don't know. Some bad. Forgettable. It, it, yeah. It'll be a season. Yeah. That's, yeah. What it'll right. be. That's about the work. Yeah. <laughs> for us. All right, bud. Thanks for, ha thanks for hanging with us. I'll see y'all next week, y'all. Y'all be safe. You too. Da -da -da. <laughs> um, all right. So this is the segment 
called Gutter Talk, where we talk about the things around the panels, the gutters of the page, uh, all of the news and what have you that's going on out in the entertainment world. Uh, this week is San Diego Comic-Con, or was supposed to be San Diego Comic-Con, but because of COVID and everything that's going on, it's is it called uh, just SDCC at home or something? What's the hashtag? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, SDCC at home. With the yeah. at symbol in case that is relevant to somebody looking cool. it up. Yeah. Um, so uh, this was, yeah, uh, Noel was like, we should talk about it. Yeah. I have paid little to no attention to what's been going on from San Diego Comic-Con other than one of my favorite creators, Terry Moore, who created Strangers in Paradise, Rachel Rising, Echo, uh, Five Years, etc. He did a panel, a pre-recorded panel that he streamed, and uh, I've got that saved to go watch later. Um, that's kind of all I really found out. And Noel was nice enough to tell me about the 2020 Summer Convention Limited Edition Exclusive Ooh. Cyborg Superman yeah. Pop yeah. that I, I specifically went to Target to get. And nice. um, I, what what happened is there was one hidden behind some stuff and... The box is damaged. Uh, there's like, it's all dented up. You probably can't see it, but it's a little dented up. And it was uh, covered in a children's chocolatey fingerprints. So uh, I got them to give me a little bit of a discount and I picked it up and I, I cleaned it off and I'll probably crack it open and take them out. I'm not doing Well, hang on. I don't, I, like you could always, you could always just get one of those containers and just like, Keep it in the box so the box doesn't get hurt anymore. I have one or two of them. Really? Yeah, yeah but they have a box. Me, I, I mean, if it, do you guys like? There's something about it being in the box that I still like. Oh you know yeah, it it's great. You know, I'll tell you why. Give me just a second. One second. All right. Now, while I have you guys, uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, hey, Star Girl's pretty sweet. I finished Brave New World. Hey, they're back. Really <laughs> I, um, I, I take I took Cassidy out of his box from Preacher, mm. and he constantly falls over. So <laughs> there's something yeah, about having so him in the box that at least. <laughs> so I got I got like the 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 Chase Flurkin, but you've uh -huh. got these like hard cases that you could buy. It's like it's like six or seven bucks to protect oh, the box. Right. Yeah, look at that. Now, JD, my question is: Is this you want to put it in one of those cases for sale, or for you are keeping that Cyborg Superman? I want to take it out of the box. I'm not an inbox guy. They got to be real out in the world. Oh, but he's going to fall over a bunch. Well, that's a problem. But is there a stand that you can put him on? I, yeah. you, they should make a stand, but you know, I don't they think do. they have holes in the bottom of their feet like other action figures. Know, they make little they make they make little stands that just like yeah. clip on the back. I, yeah. I like the, I I think they're kind of cool in the box. There's only like one or two that I've taken out of the box and just like yeah. put on my desk at work, but usually you do have to like lean it up against something because they're they're yeah. top heavy but um weirdly <laughs> uh so when he comes back well I'll, I'll just oh he's got to open the store doesn't he uh yes he does although somebody was oh that was probably for the uh the nice Harry um, that was also around there yeah. so i i did i i um it was a it was a relatively quiet comic-con obviously because right. everything was digital and from home and a lot of sure a lot of Movie companies hey. uh, opted to stay out, stay out of it, because really? essentially all the news that all the studios had was that they're delaying everything. So yeah. there's no like there's no yeah. announcements like yeah. they can't even announce what's happening next year to get all the hype started, because that's okay. this year's slate that's just pushed over to next year. So right. there's like no actual studio news. However, 
Um, there was a couple of really cool things. So I pulled comics, um, some television news, and some movie stuff that they that did happen. And I figured I would just like toss shit out, and you guys could just react to it. Sure. Like that sounds cool. That doesn't. That's stupid. That's great. Right. Oh, so what do you want first? Uh, just if, if we don't, if I forget one thing that didn't get to your that didn't get on your list that I wanted to see what you guys thought, but just to put it in the queue. Action figure expert says chocolate fingerprints. What the? F <laughs> so why don't you just say it? Yeah, I'll say it right now. Uh, did you guys see the clip of Superman, black suited Superman? Uh, yeah, whatever. It was literally two seconds long. I'll tell no, you what. I, yeah, what? I didn't put it on the list for a reason. I didn't well, even. Put it on the list. I, for whatever reason, I was like, "Ooh, that!" For I just liked his manner in those two seconds, and I got to tell you, I am way more excited for this, and I think I'll like it more than had it come out as of the movie. If it came out as the movie, I would be like, eh, it's too look, dark. I'm not too into it. But if, uh, I if, like look, that's but that's like that's that rationale sounds like Stockholm syndrome. If <laughs> if let's say somebody let's say all you wanted was a hug. All right. But in response, somebody came and kicked you in the nuts. I wouldn't like that as much. Right? Yeah. But then five years later, they're like, hey, about that nut kick, yeah. I'm gonna pat you on the back now because you wanted a hug to start. And you're super excited about being patted on the back. Sounds good. Like, Sounds it's good. still not what you needed, but it's better than being kicked in the nuts. You know, I There's think no, I, like I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I think I am not going to. I'm like, not going to get excited about like seeing what was in a trailer from the start. Like they showed the that, and well, other than him in the black suit, they showed like the glass like the very first trailer of the movie five years ago they showed like the glass moving and and alfred saying like he told me you'd come yeah and you're oh, like yeah, right. Superman. no it's I don't literally know. just the other side of that scene i mean i was totally into seeing the black suit but that's just i just thought that was cool but i just something about the way that henry cavill was acting in that one line i was like, like superman yeah exactly like oh, i am yeah was the dialogue it's, there was one line. He says something yeah. like, you must be Alfred, but he's, yeah, he says it and it sounds like he's, Superman. Yeah. You know? He smirks and says, you must be Alfred. That's it. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it is. No, you hit the nail on the head. He sounded to me like he sounded like Superman and I was down. I, I like you could, you could take, I'm not going to be a hater. Look, it was, they did a, they did a Snyder con online or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally called Snyder con. It was a bunch of, YouTubers or streamers from all over the country, just two or three of them. And they talked with him and he was like, I'm going to show you some stuff. And it was two seconds. Yeah. yeah. He also did. He also did a couple of interviews this week um, with a bunch of other YouTubers that have terrible channels. So I'm like, I don't care. Uh, one of the things he said to you was like, they, they asked him, is any of the footage that was used in the Joss Whedon cut going to be used yeah. in your, in yours? And he was just like, fuck no, none of it. I would burn it to the ground. If so, like really aggressively. I'm like, this yeah. is stupid. There is something about these Snyder people. Um, like I get liking a director and liking some movies that a director has done, but there is some weird aggression that comes out of yeah. these people that I just, I don't understand it. And it seems to have a Venn diagram um, interaction with the Comicsgate people, like this oh, weird, really? strange top. No, no. I'm not saying that that is the, the fact. Oh, oh. I I'm saying that to me, they exist in a headspace within me that says oh, there's this weird like aggression problem between oh, Snyder, you know, people who just they, they, their whole Twitter stream is just Snyder stuff and attacking people who are like, 
Mm. Oh, you know, I don't really like that Snyder movie. And it's just like, no, it's this weird testosterone fueled well, aggression. Uh, he, seems, he seems to fuel it a little bit now. So himself, yeah. he fuels it a little bit now. It's yeah. like with, yeah, I would so, burn it to the ground. Like, see, I'm not as, I'm not as plugged into that stuff. Like I don't, I just don't go to those corners of the internet or, and look for that. So that doesn't color my feeling about the movie at all. You know what I mean? And uh, so I just, I don't know. I mean, it it didn't to start, but sure. they're so loud that it does now. No, look, I'm I'm actually still excited to see the movie. Yeah, I'll, I just I'll, I just don't I'll check it out. I don't think it's the second coming, and I think yeah. people need to check their yeah. expectations because they're creating this scenario where it ha like even if it's not amazing, mm -hmm. they have to claim it's the best thing in the world to save face <laughs> because they've yeah. been freaking out for five goddamn years. Yeah. So even if it's garbage, even if it's literally him pooping in his hand and throwing it against the wall in high definition, they have to say that it's amazing to save mm -hmm. face. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that bothers me. Like, huh. you can't be objective whatsoever. Yeah, but you can. You just can't. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, no, I I do. Look, I you want to ignore absolutely every single argument or or disagreement? Go for it. But when it's based in such a faulty uh, corner, mm. I'm not gonna just be quiet and say okay. Um. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly want. I I've said this before. At no do I, at no point have I ever gone into a movie, paid for a film, uh -huh. and gone in wanting to dislike the movie every Never. single time. And you know what? I remember. No, we saw it together. We went and saw Justice League together, or, and um, as uh, BVS, right? We yeah, we saw both of them together. We saw both of them twice together. Yeah, like we and went then, and saw them, and then was just like, Shh, we're gonna take our significant others to see this the next day. Like, yeah. So, and then I remember afterwards, we walked out into the theater or walked out into the parking lot and hung out there and chatted. And we were like, well, that wasn't so bad. You know, yeah. it was better than we, but it, it, again, it felt like in retrospect, this sort of um, Stockholm syndrome of like trying to find things to like about it. And then yeah. the further away from it, we got the more annoyed we got at like the strange inconsistencies and, and the sort of, yeah. you know, the darkness of the films and everything. And like, well, that really wasn't a Superman that I enjoy watching, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. We, we spent an hour and a half, I think like in the middle of the night in the parking lot of an AMC talking about the things we liked and the conversation just like ebbed into, well, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, I guess that was okay. I, ah. Like we literally like talked it out. Like it was therapy and like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I liked that movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was pretty, but you know what? There's Comic-Con news. Yeah. Do you, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. So the thing I was saying was, you know, just to wrap up that sort of conversation where I, we can be objective about it, um, or at least I can, because I want to I want to enjoy this new Snyderverse version of the thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe this will solve all the problems from the previous movies and there are an mm -hmm. actual character arc. Um, he, he's talked about that. He's like, yeah, I wanted to have Superman come to this moral understanding. Yeah. Like little things that I've heard since then. Like, I didn't care about it at all until pretty recently. Yeah. And the ways that he's talking since then are like, oh, I'm more and more interested in the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. And, you know, so, so maybe surprisingly. But, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. So, go ahead, Noel. Oh, I, I was going to ask, what did you guys want to, like, do you want to hear about comics, television, or movies? Yeah, yeah. first. first. Comics first. All right. So 
Um, let's do let's let's start with the Eisner winners. Some right. uh, like the Eisner Awards were announced. There obviously wasn't a ceremony, but it's still the most prestigious comic book award in the country or in the world. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but uh, just some winners to note: best continuing series. The winner was Bitter Root by David Walker, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green huh. from Image Comics. Yeah, best best ongoing series across the board. Wow, Bitter Root. We just did that for book club. I know it's pretty great. Uh, my um, score, not on the podcast. Best limited series was Little Bird by Darcy Van Pogelist and Ooh. Ian Bertram. Ian Bertram, nice. Yeah, that horror series. I think we reviewed the first issue. Yeah. This one surprised me and makes me want to try it. Uh, best new series, Invisible Kingdom by G. Willow Wilson and uh, Christian Ward. Yeah, uh, Christian Ward won something I saw on his Twitter, right? He won like. Yeah, Christian. Games. That's in here. Uh, best yeah. painter slash digital artist, Christian Ward. I haven't um, thing by her in a long time, but I've always enjoyed G. Willow. Wilson. Yeah, she, yeah so, she's yeah. great. Ms. Yeah. Marvel was really, really fun. Um, I liked those first two or three issues when she took over Wonder Woman for a hot second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of uh, excellent writers, best writer was Mariko Tamaki. Harley Quinn, oh. Breaking Glass, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, and Archie. I'm not familiar. I've heard, the, I've heard of the second one, mm-hmm. and I've heard it talked of in... Uh, you know, with high praise, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not familiar. Cool. Oh, he's gonna run away. He's gone now. Oh well. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you've heard of uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Is that was the one? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was a yeah. Uh, an, an original, an OGN, a YA OGN that came out earlier this year uh, mm-hmm. by her and um, the penciler actually is Rosemary Valero O'Connell. And she won Best Penciler. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, like that book won, the whole creative team won Best All Around. The, a couple of years, uh, like four or five years ago, that long ago, or no, this is this year. Oh, Laura Jean keeps waking up with me. Won this year. I'm I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I misunderstood that. Uh, yeah, no, this 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 year's like the writer and the and the penciler won Best Writer and Best Penciler. Very nice. Um, and we had read it for JD's Hero Complex book club. Oh, cool. Like two months ago. Literally almost everything, the last like four things that we read have won Eisner's. Uh, Bitterroot, uh, that, and um, they called us enemy. I mean, uh, George Kai. To go to JD's Hero Complex in Maniunk and see our, what he's recommending. You I know? was going to say, our recommendations are on par. Comp- there you go. Yeah, your award-winning yeah. recommendations, and the last one was George Takei. You said the um... yeah, it was best. Um, I forget the like I didn't write it here, but it was the George Takei's. They called us the enemy. The uh, OGN about him in the internment camps. and uh, the internment camps. Yeah, that one. Um, I think it was based on real like best blah 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 based on actual events or best historical. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, those were those were the Eisner winners of note. There was a bunch of other ones, mm-hmm. like best. One shot, best single issue, best digital comic. And um, of all of them, the only one I recognized at a glance was Chip Zdarsky is doing a, a digital comic. Okay. Um, and he won with his artist. Uh, it's uh, I think it's called Afterlift. What's it about? I don't know. I, I'm going to look it up. Uh, yeah, But he but it won best digital comic. I don't know. Do you read any digital first comics? Um, on the web. Like not dc not really i have very very glancingly like if i come across i don't even know if this counts there was a what was it like little justice league or something that was the all the justice league in like a daycare center and they were all kids and it was like muppet babies 
Yeah, it was a lot like the Muppet Babies and was surprisingly like emotional sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> young Bruce Wayne, like upset about that, like he's Clark. Yeah, exactly. Like Clark is having fun and he goes and sits home, you know, and um, Martian Manhunter always wears a suit, like a gray suit. And he's like the sort of he's a kid, but he's like, you know, is the sort of adult. I, I What is it called? J.L something i don't know he had to change the name for dc was like you can't call it this um but it was cool they're all there. anyway but no so not that often not that often have i read them uh i well i mean they're eisner winners now maybe you should look it up maybe i should maybe, maybe. i should open your recommendations um i mean do, do should i keep going with the news that's a good question I, um that's a good. Question. Oh, you know what? I'll ask you this. So this is like a, a light thing. Okay. Marvel announced that the externals are returning. Do you right. know what the externals are? No, I vaguely recognize the name, right. and like that's it. And I'm like, wait, the Eternals? No, no. Eternals. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I, I just looked it up really, really quick. Didn't actually like look into what it was, but it was a bunch yeah. of characters I don't remember or know. It, yeah. To be an external, you just have to be hard to kill, oh, or that- you can't be killed. Oh, yeah. All right, like an eternal, kind of. Kind of. Um, maybe you know, JD. Uh, Marvel announced that the externals are returning. Externals, externals or eternals? Yeah, exactly. Externals. <laughs> Do you know what they are? Apparently, it's like externals. A- yeah, they're, they're, they've been around a while, but yeah, yeah, it's an X Men thing. It's like certain members or certain mutants that are immortal, uh, functionally immortal, at least like they can still Ooh, potentially okay. be killed, but a rare species, a rare subspecies of mutants. Apparently they were mostly X-Men antagonists, uh, according to a loose group knit of nine, possibly 10 members of an immortal subspecies. According to the Marvel database, the other one was Wikipedia. 10 of swords. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris says, JD, I went to Walmart for the con exclusive Marty McFly, and the guy who was the department manager basically told me that pops were stupid and ugly and he didn't understand why people collect them. Did what? he did he provide you with one anyway? Because he doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm, waiting yeah. For, I'm waiting on a friend to mail me my con exclusive Wallace Wells and hoping the price goes down on the con exclusive Black Lightning. We did. I did pick up the um, Amazon Con exclusive of Dark Captain Marvel. You got you got two of them though, didn't you? I did get two of them. Dark Dark Captain Marvel. Yeah, from the from um, the the arc a couple issues ago of her in like the helmet with the black or the red star, like the black. Oh, cool! Dope ass costume. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this Uh, guy is. You remember the green top knot guy from '90s Marvel? He seems to be an external. I thought he was more with the Hulk, but I think I'm mixing him up with Doc Samson. But yeah, Gideon, I believe, is his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they have to, it's it's got to tie in with all of the Ten of Swords stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but either way, like, I guess that's the, that was the the news that came out of there. A bunch of other little Marvel tidbits, but nothing really crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, DC, I thought was really cool. And I hadn't read this previously. I, but it, I should have because it was in solicits. But um, the Legion of Superheroes is doing super issues. 
So yeah. like issue eight and nine is 44 different artists and each artist is handling a member of the Legion. So it's almost like primer books written mm -hmm. by Bendis with 40 different artists over two issues. I thought that was really, really cool. Great. Like almost, I, I don't know how the format's going to be. I don't It could cool. be a disaster, but the idea of like one page character around the table. Yeah. And that's that's, good for that's a long running Bendis theme. Bendis does that quite yeah. a bit where he tries to get like, he really tries to showcase artists in a way that a lot of other writer writers don't. Um, and I think he tries to get a lot of his friends who aren't maybe getting as much work as he would like oh, okay. to do pages in, in these bigger books um, yeah. where he div divvies up the storyline specifically so that each artist has a different thing to draw, um, which I really respect. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Also, yeah, he I did too, and that kind of thing. Right. And doing it just in like, who's a, who? Who's oh. who? yeah. Yeah. And um, like, I like the Silmarillion of Lord of the Rings that nobody, you know, uh, which is basically a history textbook about. I like I like reading appendices. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> like if I'm into the thing, and um, uh, this maybe could be just like kind of like that, but a little story, one page thing. And uh, I have high hopes for this for this too. Yeah, it it seemed really cool. I thought I'd bring it up. Um, there's some news out of Image that I thought was really cool. Um, first, two long running series are ending. Um, Outcast by Kirkman and Paula Zizetta this October and Low by Rick Remender and Greg Tacchini. They're ending this October. I love when stories end. But the cooler thing was Crossover, the comic. Oh, yeah. By Donny Cates and Jeff yeah. Shaw. Now, that's in and of itself is really fun because we're fans of Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. But the group editor for the book is Mark Wade. Hmm. They got Mark Wade to be the editor of the book because the plot of the book has to do with a comic book event bleeding into the real world and then the ramifications of that. Mm. So the one person they could think of to be like the encyclopedia of all comic book history so they are referencing things correctly is Mark Wade and they got him to do it. That's cool. I thought that was super, super cool. Like, sound cool. Yeah. yeah, like, like really leveraging your, your seniors incredibly well or senior in the right. sense of you're not old, but you just know more than me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, that, uh, coming yeah. out? The, uh, November. Great. Cool. We should put it on the list. Review it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's, let's move to television. Honestly, the, other than the Star Trek animated series that you mentioned, which seems pretty cool. Um, Amazon Prime just like came out hot. Yeah. So much stuff with Amazon Prime. So right off the bat, they announced Boys is getting a season three. Before season two even airs, they they approved it. And they're adding an after show with Aisha Tyler. Yeah. Cool. Either I way. I throw in my whole life. I've never <laughs> watched a single one. <laughs> Either way, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, hey, we're, you know. They're going to probably end in a cliffhanger. Whatever's going to happen, don't worry. We're going to finish the story because this is popular enough. And I really, really like the show. Um, cool. Paper Girls by, uh, yeah, Paper Girls by uh, Matt, Brian, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang mm -hmm. has been ordered per, for series. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a TV show, period. Yeah. And they're a part of the writer's room. But yeah. I thought it was really cool. One of the showrunners is Christopher Cantwell, who has been writing mm -hmm. for Marvel recently. And uh, what was it? Halt and Catch Fire? Um, oh, Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. 
That show's he great. That show. I'm on season one right now. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, that's where he's been came from. On paper, uh, that show sounds boring as hell, uh, but the acting and the writing is so good that it's incredibly engaging. What We're is it? Trying to create this new computer. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's like. Yeah, it's historical. It's like historical fiction about the advent of the personal computer, right? I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. What does he have against Outcast? <laughs> I've, I've only read like the first couple of issues, but I'm glad yeah. it's ending. I read the first I just three. Like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Hmm. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I think JD would think is cool as hell is they've announced the Invis wow. Invincible voice cast. Ah. For the animated series. So Amazon Prime is doing an animated, an eight episode animated series of Invincible. Oh, he's got to run away. This was for you. Oh, no. Oh, hey. there you go. <laughs> I never know if you're going away for like five minutes to go help a customer. Yeah, this Announce is when you leave. This is a pretty um, good voice cast that you've Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, Stephen Young is Mark. Who's that? Uh, Jake, St uh, Glenn from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. J.K. Simmons is Nolan, Omni Man. Oh. Uh, um, Zachary Quinto as Robot, Seth Rogen as Alan the Alien, Jillian Jacobs as Adam Eve, Zazie Beats as Amber, Mark Hamill as Art, the costume guy. Oh, um, cool. yeah. Walton Goggins as Cecil. Wow. Wow. Jason, yeah, right? That's pretty great. That's uh, Jason, Jason Manzukas as Rex uh, Explode. I'm a big Jason Manzukas fan. Yeah. Jason Manzukas. You Did you watch The Good Place? Yes. Derek. He is Derek. Which one's Derek? The one that Janet creates who is like loopy and... Uh, Janet's baby husband? The guy with the beard? Uh, Parks and Rec, he is Dennis Fein Feinstein. Okay. The, the perfume guy or the cologne guy. Doesn't you matter. saw him, you'd know. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then the Guardians of the Globe, they're all Walking Dead alumni. Oh. Lauren Cohen, uh, Michael Cudlitz, Lenny James, Sonequa Martin, Martin Green. Like it's oh. and um and I I forget the name of you watch Killing Eve right? Oh yeah. Who? What's her? What's the the main actress's name? She's nope. she's the the mother. Uh, she's playing um Mark's mother. She was in Grey's Anatomy. Why do I forget her name? Um. Look it up real I'm looking, quick. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Uh, Sandra O. Oh. Yes, her. Oh. We did it. Yay! Uh, so I thought that was cool. I saw the, the cast. I was just like, "This is going to be Have rad." We and it's, it's an, anything about the style of this animation? Nope. They are. Uh, they said that the um, announcement and trailer will be soon, but yeah, like it's been in development for over a year and a half, and it's going to be eight episodes. I presume they're going to be a little longer than a half hour, and they're saying that it's adult oriented. Not. It's got to be F's and. S's and sex and stuff, just to, that's going to lean into the actual tone of the book. Uh, um, but not, not about the book, but uh, you pronounce it Jillian Jacobs. And yeah. she, the only time Jillian? I've heard, yeah, but on Comedy Bang Bang, the only time I've heard her at like as herself, um, but on Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, if, even if you're on as yourself, sometimes you're not really acting yeah. like you normally would. And they say her name is Gillian Jacobs. And they don't really make a joke out of it. So I I thought that it was, and that maybe she was like, you know, she's a comedian. She's a maybe eccentric, cool person. Maybe she was like, 
I'm going to go by Gillian like 20 years ago. You know, who knows? And I just wanted to know if you guys had info on that. I, I call her Gillian Jacobs because I don't know any better. Okay. I mean, and it could be. That could be a gag that they're doing on Comedy Bang Bang. You know, who knows? Did you did you, re- did you uh, watch Love? It's, it's Gillian. Oh, but it's on my list. It is Gillian? Okay. Love is a weird slice of life show that I, it's awesome. That's exactly what I want from it. You know, I, I keep seeing it on my list and I have, I forgot about it actually. So maybe, maybe that'll be up next or close yeah. to next, but it's it really interesting stuff. And one of my favorite tiny little character things about that show is that the main character has a group of friends and they're all nerds or whatever, but they all get together and they bring their instruments and they hang out in one of their, in his apartment mm-hmm. and their goal is to sit around, eat food, smoke weed, and then make theme songs for movies that don't have theme songs <laughs> with lyrics. Oh, that is on the list. It's awesome. For sure. All right. <laughs> awesome. I, wish there, I wish there was like a little album of the, the, the little theme songs that they write because some of them are pretty fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yeah. I, the, uh, the last thing I have is just some movie news. Um, I mean, the main news is that everything's delayed. Um, so, Yay! So uh, Quiet Place 2, Top Gun 2 have, eh. are now joining James Bond, Tenet, Mulan as being removed from the schedule, period. The only they one I'm even I care dates. about right Mulan? now is Mulan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, didn't we've talked about James Bond. You give no shits. However, this one was co-written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What did she do? Oh, Fleabag. Oh, I didn't see it, but I hear a lot of good things. Yeah. yeah. She's she's a phenomenal writer. Put yeah, everything, I, I put everything aside. Watch Fleabag. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. However, <laughs> there is still hope for new movies this year. Huh. Uh, two of them being The New Mutants is still keeping its August 28th release date. Hmm. To theaters? They have not explicitly said one way or the other. Okay. No. But they're explicitly keeping their... Di- this is, I looked it up. This is the fifth date since April 2018 uh-huh. that they've had. <laughs> so at this point, just release it. Yeah. Just- like I get, I get the bigger movies. Like you can't put Mulan on, on Disney plus. That's like, they're saying it's the highest growth or it's the highest budgeted mm-hmm. live action Disney movie. Wow. Well, maybe not Disney, yeah. plus, but like on demand for a while. They still will lose money. Yeah. Like it is there are some of these movies that are at such a budget level that no matter what, if right. it's not a global theatrical release, they will lose money because even though you gain X amount in on demand, right. Like as right. A, a global splash, it's not gonna happen. You also only have to buy an on demand movie once if you have a family of six as opposed yeah. to six tickets. <laughs> well, it's not even that too. It's just like it, it is it does get pirated immediately. It does it, it yeah. you have to deal with there's no such thing as global launches too you have to deal with whatever streaming services and capabilities in all the other countries so it'll be like a tiered release like wonder woman tenant james bond mulan you're not going to see as like a digital first they would rather push those movies off for years yeah. but stuff like the new mutants and trolls and that are like right under 50 mil or somewhere in there they yeah. will make their money back if they do that um but the other one that I was personally amazingly excited for was Bill and Ted face the music is getting a September 1st release. Shut your face. Um, I can't shut on, it. Shut it. Shut it. Just do this with your face. <laughs> Keeping your face open. 
uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is <laughs> is getting a, a theatrical and video on demand release. That's so if yeah. if some theaters are open on September 1st in yeah. whatever states they are, you can go see it in the theater. Yeah. If not, it will be available on demand no matter what. Yeah. I'm not yeah, going. Which, they tried I'm, to do this. I'm not I'm not going to go see it. I'm go, going I mean. to rent the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't what I this is a stu- I'm not even going to bother asking it. I was about to ask when do you think you'll be comfortable going to a movie theater again? And there's no answer to that question. Yeah. To decide now is folly. Yeah. You know, like, see what, yeah. see how it goes, you know? Uh, Black Widow still has its November release date. So Black Widow, Black Widow, um, uh, Wonder Woman has been moved to October. October is second or third or something like that. Okay. And that was the move. So they haven't announced if that's going to be canceled or not, which I think it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Widow also November 5th. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Like there's there's a couple of movies that they haven't talked about moving yet. It's um yeah, it's those two and Dune hasn't changed its release date, but that's Ooh. supposed to be in December, so they're just holding off altogether. What is this? Um Oh, Ghostbusters after Oh, they they officially just moved that to next summer. Okay. Like uh Sony was one of the first Sony was the first one that just was like, F this. Like we know we're gonna lose money. So they moved um James Bond all the way to next year. Like at first it was like Nine months later, now they're just like next year. Same with Ghostbusters and something else that uh, was supposed yeah. to come out this summer. Are you guys into Dune? Are you? Uh, oh, I am. That's where I I've never read it. I never okay. care. Okay, I'm not. But it's Denny Villeneuve, like the guy that did Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Prisoners and okay. um, Arrival is adapting, and the cast is awesome. Oh, you did Arrival. Yeah, I didn't realize that that movie is phenomenal. Yeah, I yep. still haven't seen Blade Runner. I don't know why, but I haven't. Oh, it's so but, good. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was so good. I no, I think I'd like it. I didn't see the so Philip K. Dick is one of my I think top five authors, right? And he has a long history with Hollywood of being adapted by them taking the names that are in the book and then doing their own story. Mm-hmm. And um, so I read the book Philip K. Dick wrote, and I just didn't get around to the movie for like twenty five years after it was released, and. Luckily, then I got to see the director's cut, you know, um, as my first, you know, the final cut as my first exposure. And that shit held up. And I really liked it. And uh, I want to see 2049. I just haven't gotten to it. You know what? They're all pretty good. Yeah. Like the Blade Runner cuts. So yeah. the final cut is just a more straightforward movie and it's got mm-hmm. extra footage. Mm-hmm. The theatrical cut, they lean in. The only, the main difference is that there's a voiceover. Like there's a Harrison Ford voiceover and it leans into the noir aspect of it. So you're hearing his, like she walked into the room with a blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it sounds much more like a, like a noir, which I actually think is awesome. He just keeps mentioning women's gams over and over again. uh, What a classic noir word to use. Part of a woman. Yeah. 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 So the gams that went all the way up. The final cut (laughs) is better, but the other ones are still really good. Like there's a reason why the movie is, has been has had like five different editions. Mm, it's sure. never, never, nothing is ever missing. It's just they keep adding good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Matt yeah, says, I, um, I hope this at least helps with most people's superhero movie fatigue. I could even see Black Widow released on Disney Plus, like for me personally, not a, anything about the character, but because it's a prequel. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That was that was some of the that was some of the stuff too. Like, um, Disney Plus's slate is pushed off so like 
in August, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to release, and it's not. Like they they haven't even finished filming it because they had like a small chunk left to do. However, okay. um, WandaVision is probably going to keep its release date this year oh, because great. they were doing like their that whole show was all in sets and it's finished oh, photography. Yeah. Whereas that I'm looking two more, honestly, the, that just I'm also think, looking forward to the other one. Yeah, but, both yeah. of them. Yeah, but but like the idea of like because the Falcon and Winter Soldier show was supposed to be global and right. they had all these other locations right. to shoot right. at, they're yeah. not going to finish even though they were supposed to be done first versus yeah. WandaVision. Right. But that makes but sense. Ma- you know, that's how it is. I, I Disney's an anomaly. So like they they definitely won't do something like Mulan, which cost X amount more. But and and it's even though it's based off of a popular comic or a popular cartoon, it's not. It doesn't have the kind of like um, baked in audience that all Marvel movies do. Mm-hmm. So they could take a hit financially if they decided to do a Marvel movie on Disney Plus exclusively because they know that no matter what, it's going to make money on the back end and or. And moving forward. Yeah, but exactly. But something like Mulan, they need to make a splash. A big one immediately in order to recoup. That makes, that makes sense. Because there's because it's not like five movies in the series. Right. Where they have to like it, it doesn't have the legs like a Marvel movie. So maybe they would drop uh Black Widow on yeah. on Disney Plus. You don't yeah. think there's gonna be a scene after credits in Mulan where like Nick Fury comes in and he's like, We're putting together a team of No, so I heard I heard that the Dragon Mushu is not a part of the live action movie, which is probably a good choice, but <laughs> I'm thinking that that's what the after credit sequence is going to be. <laughs> a little digital Mushu <laughs> dragon coming out and be like, what? And then it just... I ends. am Moolah. <laughs> <laughs> you think this world is this big? <laughs> um, sh- sh- hey, guys. Yeah. RMN, I'm not sure who cool. that is. RMN says, cool. I feel some books just don't make good movies. Dune. Should I read Dune? Okay, here's... I don't want to. My, here's my take on Dune. Um, I <laughs> you might not like this at all. Um, so I read Dune, the first one, when I was much younger. I think I was an adult, but a oh, fairly I know where you're going. yeah. Um, I felt that it was dry, right? I felt like the first book was <laughs> sandy <But> dry. <laughs> what's that? Very sandy. Very very sandy. Actually, it was it was a big deal, and um, but I still loved it. I loved the philosophy and it was cool. Like each book starts out with like a quote from this kind of overarching. Wait a minute. Him. What's that? How many books are there? Like six or seven. No, right? I'm sorry. Each chapter I meant. Each chapter. Oh. Um, There's multiple Dune books. Oh, I are... thought it was just one book. No, no, no. no. Dune is a book that has its whole story. And then oh. two through seven or whatever keep going. Okay. Great. Um, I personally felt like. I loved two, three, and four. And when I think back about it, I'm like, ooh, I like I think I like those more. It really got going. Kind of like Return of the King style. Um, however, I recently recommended it to a good friend of mine, and he is an adult now and he read it and he thought it was great. He didn't think it was dry at all. And that same thing happened to me with Eaters of the Dead, the Michael Crichton book that mm-hmm. really got moving once you got into it a little bit, but I don't think I would think that now, like now that I'm older. That's why you said I would hate this explanation, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, like, if you just words. read the first two thousand yeah, words or the two first two thousand yeah. pages, that's it exactly. You're good. 
yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah. Like, yeah. but but that's two thousand pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not recommending that. I I do think Dune itself is worth reading. Like, I think it's really good. I can see why. I think I can see why RMN might not care for or might not think it would make a good movie because it is very, it's very heady. Like there's a lot of internal stuff that, that the main character is like worrying about, about like, if I do this, then this will happen, you know, that kind of thing. And it's also so grand in scope. This is a two part movie for a yeah. single book that is, I have it on my bookshelf and it is, I can't find it to make sure, but it's not a long book. And yet it's two movies worth of story. And I think that's a good idea, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they're doing, they're saying it's two movies, but they're breaking it up in a way that if it doesn't, if it's not successful, they won't make the second one. I could see Cause that. they're not, they're not filming them back to back. Oh really? Okay. No, but they were conceived as two movies, but apparently, so I've never read it. I've, I've attempted to, yeah. I attempted to read it in in high school. One yeah. of, I know that the David Lynch movie is flawed and not very good. Okay. I never saw it. I, never saw that. I loved it when okay. I was 12. Okay. <laughs> I, I watched it on Friday nights over and over again, that and Highlander, which I shouldn't have been watching either of them probably at that age. <laughs> I loved those movies and I have a nostalgia for the soundtrack, the, sure. the art design, the movie. It's incredibly flawed. They do attempt to squeeze all of that into one movie. And because yeah. of that, it's a shit ton of like pr text prose on the, on the screen. Uh, There's internal dialogue in it. Like literally yeah. Paul is doing something and he's has a voiceover and other characters have voiceovers. Mm -hmm. Like they try and squeeze every single trick to get the whole story into the movie. And it's yeah. like, there's even a time jump in the middle of the movie. If I, if I remember correctly of like, I can see that it's yeah. just waves and like text scrolls of like where you are now. Like it's, it's a, I could see weird that flick. It's a, it is also so huge in scope. The movie, you know what I mean? It's like mm. it covers such a vastness, like this grand space opera. Like it is, um, it's not quite a space opera because most of it takes place on on Arrakis or Arrakis. Uh, Arrakis. I was just reading it, so I just <laughs> pronounced it Magneto until the cartoon. Yeah, you know? there's uh, there's apparently uh, so uh, to get to my point, um, mm. the director, co-writer, director had said that it's. We want it to be two movies. It's going to be two movies. As long as everything's okay, it will be two movies. However, he had mentioned there's, if you've read the books, you know that there's a relatively decent stopping point for the next part. Like there's a bridge off. I and don't that's enough to know what he's talking about. I, yeah. I did not know what he was referring to. Yeah. But that's, that's the movie break. Like okay. there's enough. Yeah, yeah. Story to kind of get there, and then also to like, if we want to wrap this back into comic books, yeah, I, I think it's IDW or Boom. Boom is doing a pre-comic or a, a prequel oh, comic just huh? called House House of Atreides. Oh, that's, that's cool. coming out. That's coming out, I think, in October or September I or something. Read any of the? I know there's like his son, um, Frank Herbert's son, uh, has written like a lot of prequels and post. You know, if I remember correctly, it's based off those. It's based off of oh, okay. the the young Herberts. That's you know. cool. There's also, I believe, an Amazon series all about the Bene Gesserit. Is there? I I don't know if it's Amazon, but I think I don't it, know what that means. 
it's the sisterhood that is um, kind of the like. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but they're a powerful there organization. You, you know, Dune House of Atreides comes to Boom Studios in fall 2020. It is written by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson, oh, to, and they're and they're adapt. It's it's adapting their New York Times bestselling novel. And he also Kevin J. Anderson co-writes with him a lot in the other. I, so they, I don't know about any of his stuff, but he's a well-known sci-fi guy that you know. There's no there's no explicit release date and no artist um, announced, but it's, I'm assuming it's going to line up with the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let me see if I can find the this prequel is um, just says they're getting their own TV show from last year. Um, so I, I think it's it's probably pretty early in the stages. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, I'd say all in all, I think of Dune very fondly. And it's for whatever reason has never been in what I think of as like the the top circle of sci-fi things that I think of, but it's, uh, but it's up there. You know what I mean? For, for whatever reason, it never made it quite into my like main canon, but highly respected and something that maybe should be, but just, you know, I think of it as just like a little bit off from that. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I will not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Mind killer. Fear is the little death that like I've Phrase has run through my head many times in my life from this book. This this announcement is um, confusing. <laughs> so this fall, Boom Studios will de- debut the first debut debut the first issue of a twelve issue Dune House Atreides limited series in partnership with Herbert Properties LLC and in full coordination with Abrams Comics Arts, who are publishing in the fall the first of three graphic novel adaptations of Herbert's original classic novel, Dune. So this Abrams Comics Arts, I'm not familiar with, are publishing three original graphic novels that adapt Dune. And this is a 12-issue prequel okay. that's going out through Boom Studios in issue format. That is based so, on a book that already existed. Like that. No. No, no the... Dune already existed, and they're doing okay. three graphic novel adaptations at this one studio, and then Boom oh, okay. is doing a monthly there series. Are, there is a House of Trades uh, prequel book series, also. Yeah, but, but the comic it. aspect of it is this is a twelve issue mini that are okay. graphic novels. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, apparently the Bene Gesserit uh, has been ordered by Warner Media already. This was last year. Um, there wasn't any new information about it, but that could be because of the, yeah, everything is, everything is, everything is shit. Everything is ending. Yeah. And I, (laughs) (laughs) we're pausing. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I'm very excited for the movie though. The, uh, it's me too. uh, The writing and directing the cast looks, the cast is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac, um, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Zendaya. Oh, right. Johnny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Potter, oh, oh, no. Jason Momoa, I think, is in it, too. Jason Momoa is in it. Who I yeah, stole. Not Dave Bautista. Jason Momoa. What's that? I, I said Dave Bautista, but he was actually in. Dave Bautista in it. Is he? Yeah. Oh. He is, in fact. Uh, no, no, I don't recognize his character name. But some of these. Oh, uh, Josh Brolin. 
isn't yeah. it? Dylan Skarsgård is in it. There's a there's a lot of people. Castles and knowing the people that they are playing, I'm like, all right, yeah, I could see that. You know, um, it, it looks like a really great. It looks on paper, everything looks amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon I. I I think some of my feelings about Dune and it being a little dry and picking up in the later books are, were because of my age at the time. And mm. even that being said, I was still like, that was awesome. You know, like the, the ideas and the philosophy and all of the other, the different groups and everything. I don't want to read it. <laughs> I wait, like I, there are, there are so many things that I want to read or feel like I'm supposed to or should, but yeah. I don't want to well, do read something you want to read, you know, read something. You- Cause I did, cause I did, I did, um, I did, uh, I attempted in, in high school. Like I read the first, yeah. actually I might've finished the first novel, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. It was, okay. and it was the, it was the, you know, the school library edition. So it was really only this big. Sure. <laughs> and it wasn't very thick, but I have no, it's not so thick. If I, recall correctly. I mean, it's not abnormally short, but. Yeah. No, it's, it was the little like the hardcover library edition that was very small, but it oh, was, okay. yeah, I, I, I just didn't. It just didn't didn't it. with me. No, I just I kept I kept imagining the movie and or this, and it was just like I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, it by no, it's my it's my problem. Hmm. That's understandable. I mean, it is an ideas book where he's like, here's here's interesting ideas, here's some philosophy, enjoy that, <laughs> you know, and. At the same time, there's a huge story, but um, yeah, I could, you know, if there's other books that you want to read, read those. Yeah, I was just having, I was just having a, a, a this is like not dissimilar from a conversation I was having with JD offline about. Um, we are still talking. We about. are, yeah. I don't know. That well, I mean, now we are. You're gone. You can't end the show. Um, yeah. What are we to but, do? But about, but about um. Uh, stuff on my reading list, right? Like, so we're we're a part of a we do the book club here, which is kind of required reading, whether you're excited about it or not. It's like a deadline of having to read something. But how then there's also hear, how could he hear our answer and not already know that we were still talking about Dune? That's my question. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but but we're in other we're, we're in other um, book clubs and stuff, and my my personal stack was getting high. And then I started to feel overwhelmed by being given like more assignments of things to also read. And it's just like, yeah. And he asked, you know, like, do you want me to order these other books for you? I was like, I don't, I don't think so. so Does that make me a jerk for not wanting to read the stuff that I didn't pick myself previously? You know, so I'm just like, I'm taking a break of extra reading. Right. I hear you. You know, there's so much. And it mostly, I think about it now with like, uh, video or TV content, but it applies. Yeah. You know, there's so much, there's too much to not just read the thing that you're most excited about, you know? Yeah. I, I, into that. I could fill a, I could fill a, a whole TiVo reference. I can uh, fill a whole, yeah. a whole, uh, like all the memory of a TiVo on all the stuff that people have suggested I would love. And I don't doubt that I would love it. Right. But it's, we're talking at this point, it's hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds That's of right. content that, they're saying I would love and I should experience, but I'm like, yeah. that just seems Herculean at this point. I don't know if I want to. Yeah, there's too much, and why why not just go with what you're like, ooh, yeah. that's cool. And and keep those things in mind, 
and maybe look at him every now and then and see like does this make me go ooh yeah i know that you guys yeah. you guys have have watched all of the dc universe stuff and i di- mm-hmm. i absolutely want to watch swamp thing i absolutely want to watch mm-hmm. doom patrol mm-hmm. i don't think i'm going to go back and watch the second season of titans sure but whatever I, I, but i do i yeah huh i've never gotten to titans and i love i that. watched the first season yeah uh, but yeah, all of all of the stuff like uh, there's too much drag time. In the original June June. <laughs> oh, that June June movie! I know that one. Hey, hey! we're talking end about reading things that interest you now. You know, we, we don't we don't know how to end a show. We can't do it without you. So we you want this to go on longer. Things I enjoy now. No, we're no. saying like people recommend things all the time, and these people know us. We're sure we would like them. Noel especially was talking about his experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I would say. Read what grabs you right now, you know? Yeah, like feeling overwhelmed by all of the like, uh, uh, suggestions and assignments. And like, I know I'll like it. Right. I just have such a big stack right now. Yeah, right. I remember yeah. Brandon, Brandon Jackson Shorts, who is, uh, you know, part of Gutter Talk. Um, he would, I, th- I think at one point he was, he was kind of hurt that he would re- make these recommendations to Len and I, and we wouldn't do them. Mm-hmm. And he took that as some sort of like, uh, uh, like we meant that against Brandon. Like you dismissed well, his opinion. Yeah, no, which is not the case at all. Like, you know, yeah. Doctor Who and everything he wants us to try and everything. But the, honestly, there's just so many things that I have to right. guest yeah. in order to do the podcast, in order yeah. to run a comic book store, yeah. in order to have a book club for the comic book store, in right. order to have a book club for the podcast. Um that you know, when it comes time for me to sit down and enjoy a thing that I want to enjoy, mm-hmm. I'm going to click on whatever my ADD rattled brain decides at that moment. Yeah, that moment. right. What are you into for- right then? Yeah. When you loan one of us a book, you're not getting it back right away. <laughs> Brian can yeah. attest. I don't. There is to it. I don't take loans from people anymore because then I feel like. Now I have to hold on to this for a while. I'm not going to get to it. And then I'll feel bad about having it. So eventually I'll give it back. I got to make sure nothing happens to it. I'm yeah. not going to read or watch this thing. So yeah, I don't, I don't accept I have, yeah. I have JD's Constantine animated movie. And I, you know what? It's mine now. I, I've had it for like a year at this point. Yeah. You've, you've got it. like, like yeah. you've got uh, uh, the Wonder Woman edition, like, I know when we loan stuff to each other, it's going to be forever because there's so many other things happening. And like, so it's like, Ooh, I mean, JD has my Lucifer volume one, which we will be getting to in yeah. about one month. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And now, well, now it's an assignment. Right. Now it's so, an assignment. <laughs> so it's, it's moved up the list. Let's see. I'll, you yeah. know, conversely though, is that the right word? Conversely. Um, I like having the assignments occasionally because yeah. for instance, Swamp Thing never would have gotten to it despite the yeah. fact that, in the back of my mind, I kind of wanted to get to it. Yeah. Um, so the fact that someone had requested we do it for book club, I was like, great. I have to read it now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Same but thing that, with that's, yeah, or that, falls in the, that falls in the Venn diagram of something that you always kind of had in the back of your head and like, oh, mm-hmm. now I have to. If I came at you with a brand new something you've never heard of and it's this many hours worth of investment and yeah. you totally need to do it, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Can do I have to? Can I wait? Can I not? Tyler Reynolds is correct. Life is too short to waste time on things you don't enjoy. Yeah. We might enjoy them though. That's just it. Yeah, like it's, that's the it's other more. Yeah. It's more the the uh, saying yes is a buy-in of time 
that you can't allot in your head right now. And a zero right? sum kind of thing. Like there's other stuff that other people have suggested. There's other stuff that I just saw and I want to watch. And and it's a good idea to keep the recommendations around because like Swamp Thing style, maybe yeah. maybe uh, one day you'll see it and you'll think, ah, somebody told me this was good. But, yeah. but yeah. like you know? to wrap it back into the conversation earlier, Jade has tried Hellboy, doesn't like it. Sure. Are we going to keep forcing and suggesting Hellboy? No, that's no. done. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. done. You've tried it. You've tried it. You're good. Yeah. Uh, Titans. I watched 13 hours of it. Uh-huh. I don't care about the second season. I don't right. think, like, no matter how much better it does or doesn't get, it's like, yeah, yeah. I've invested. Yeah. I'm good. Please stop suggesting it. Yeah. Like, shit like that. Yeah. Ooh, I'm a little trepidatious about Lucifer then because it starts with a miniseries. I read that. He's it's- like, you read? Oh yeah, you read it already. Yeah, Molly. it's That's great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, cool. Spoilers. Like, yeah, the I read, I read, I read that first trade, and it is, it's cool. It's wonderful. I read, I read it too, obviously, but I, I started Lucifer when it was just on the racks, and it was either like issue nine or something, and so I didn't read volume one until I was already super into Lucifer, and mm-hmm. so I'm glad that you liked it just coming in. Yeah, Brett, you know, it's a great little mini nice. that it turns into a series is just a bonus. Like cool. it was a great little okay. mini. All yeah. right. Well, there's your book club from the Cult Pop yeah. podcast. Thank you yeah. so much for tuning in uh, on what we all thought of Lucifer. We don't have to. I don't have yeah. to read it now. <laughs> JD, you're welcome. I really suggest that you do. Tough. I think you'd love it. <laughs> and if you just get through the first nine volumes, volume ten is up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for the past two and a half hours. Yeah, this has been awesome. Um, you can join us here next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, you can join us on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you just look up the Cult Pop Podcast YouTube page, um, we do the Thunder Rounds. Thunder Rounds. Uh, in the middle of the week, uh, whenever we get around to them, uh, which are 60-second review videos. Um, and um, Oh, you can go to patreon.com slash Destructo and help us out that way. Thank you so much to everyone who does. It really does help. <laughs> help out um and uh noah where can the people find you uh social media at mr bartocci m-r-b-a-r-t-o-c-c-i and or all of the cult pop stuff we'll we'll say hello yeah um oh samuel david says great show thanks see you next time thank you samuel. there it goes oh look at this i can put there's like a little thing put user in timeout or block oh. user i no. wonder what timeout means like how long do they it do it to me right now well, no, no, it's it's the people who uh, comment. Oh. Um, so, uh, Ryan, where can the people find you? Uh, I am... Uh, <laughs> hey, he's back! Um, uh, the timeout is over. I'm on... Uh, I'm at brianleabdesign.com and uh, like Noel, I'm on, so I'm on Facebook with my own name and nice. my picture is there. <laughs> and you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. Also, I'm on TikTok for no discernible reason. If you're you? Johnny Destructo on TikTok, Dude, I'm not worried about TikTok, man. <laughs> stupid videos. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye. <laughs>